It's the Low Score Podcast. And now, here's Bobby and Jay. I'm surprised that Dude Walker remembers our name after all this time. He is such a trooper to record a new one of those um, yeah. every time we get around to doing one of these. And the consistency, too. He's, that's how you can tell it's a professional, when his delivery is the same every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's those imperceptible differences that I feel like if you really listen, you can tell um, right. that he's doing it. You know, Obviously, I can tell. Obviously, you can tell. And, uh, you know, I think last time he had a cold, we had at least one viewer write in and, and mention that he sounded a little bit more nasally than usual. But even then, he powers through it and does a spectacular job. Super Trooper. Whoops. The oh. song is not done yet. No. Uh-uh. I, li- I raised the level and the song was not done yet. Hey, Jay. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> last time, we were so proud. So proud. We we just done it. To, you know, gotten on a two-week schedule. Now it has been a month. Um, it was uh, a, a good amount of time has passed between our last recording session and this one. Correct. Um, but it's not all for naught because at least in the middle there, you and I got to do a podcast together mm-hmm. using just our voices. Yep. And no recording equipment. And, and no recording equipment. That's true. Uh, and we had, a, we had some guests on. Yep. Uh, and we sat around a table. Yep. As we recorded it and ate dinner. Many friends of this show. Some just friends. <laughs> yeah, just friends. They don't even they have no business being on the show. Actually, all of them have in one way or another been on the show. That's true. So. Though not uh, recently. Yeah. yeah, so it was it was three weeks ago at this point, I think, is when I went to New Jersey. Yep. Or yeah, three three ish weeks ago. And I was up there for a little while and then on the way back from there I stopped in Richmond. Uh, stayed with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. We had dinner. We hung out. Got our dogs together. Yep. Dog party. Uh, there was a major DP. Yep. <laughs> Mega DP. Nope. Uh, DPs all around. New Jersey was weird this year. So this is the first time that I had been back up there since Hurricane Sandy. Like mm. to go to the beach. Right. I'd been up once before to look at the wreckage. And that was about it. Um, now... Which is now two years ago at this point? Two years ago, yeah. yeah. So I didn't go up last summer because there's nothing nothing to do there. Right, right. Nothing up there. I have no house there. Um, but went back this summer. Now, if you recall, some of the most striking photos of the hurricane were from Seaside Heights, New Jersey, mm-hmm. with like the roller coaster underwater, like the whole boardwalk. You know, it looked like it's like sitting in the middle of the ocean. Um, so there was a lot of damage over there. Now, if you recall, Seaside Heights is one of our favorite places to go to play arcade games indeed uh so i think it was episode four maybe was one that i recorded from the beach i believe it is big episode uh, four big episode four where we all sat around me kevin jimmy and i don't remember i think that's it we sat around recorded off of one microphone passing around so there was this retro arcade we used to go to called flashbacks i think it survived the storm but it did not survive the fire that hit the boardwalk like three months later Ooh. and burnt down. Oh, no. So that arcade is gone. Unfortunately, like the, the grandest collection of uh, 
you know, retro machines that I've ever encountered, the ones that kind of developed me to who I am today when I started getting into that stuff and found this oasis, magical oasis I could go to once a summer is no longer. And mm. I, I don't know if that person has any interest even in trying to revive it or what. I mean, I would imagine at some point you're like, well, fuck it. I'll just take the insurance money. I can't imagine it's a big money maker, but it may be one of those things where like, oh, I was grandfathered into like a pretty low rent here. I've already got all these machines, so right. those don't cost anything. And they kept acquiring stuff too, and they acquired enough that they expanded uh, into like a whole pinball room. So they had wow. a place where it was like 12 to 14 tables, which is all in the same room. That's so, great. You know, it wasn't like it was just stagnant, but uh, but you're right. I mean, the the cost and effort of trying to rebuild all of that probably not worth the money that they were getting on their investment. So. Yeah, that's sad. It was sad. And that's it. That's going to do it for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the podcast. So what else have you been doing over the last uh, month? Well, so I started my new job. Yay. My new my new teaching gig. And that has consumed a lot of time. Mm. Uh, I can talk a little bit more about that as we get into the body of the show. Um, I don't know. We finished True Blood. Yeah. Yep. That is the correct response. I mean, I know you f- you finished True Blood many years ago. Yes, I don't know many. At least maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, I think you're. Th- I think you skipped out on the last three seasons. Okay, if I remember correctly, we quit. In the, we quit in the middle of a season. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Anyway, you and I have had conversations about how bad that show got. Uh huh. But I would like to say that I think that somewhere there is a fan. And this fan could create the most inspired fan cut of this, the show ever. Knock it down to about four seasons worth of stuff yeah. and get rid of the extraneous bullshit. That's, that's the problem. It was never, even when I stopped watching, it never got terrible. But they were like, there's 400 plot lines. I don't care about 350 of them. Yeah. And the show last season was a bit better because they kind of focused in on two parallel plot lines okay which i'm okay with like yeah. there was the uh the vampire camps and then there was the uh the warlock finding out about fairies more about fairies mm. thing so two parallel whatever okay but there there was that one season with the voodoo and the smoke monster yep. and just way too much going on and there was like yeah the uh bill eric buddy cop show that was great. That was the only plot line that I was engaged with when I quit. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to watch an hour show for the eight minutes that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so that is done. I'm I'm kind of happy that it is finished because uh-huh. I still looked forward to it for some reason. And probably just because I had been so committed to it. I, I didn't hear a whole lot about the finale. I mean, what little I heard was just like, I mean, it didn't get any better or worse. was right. kind of the what I read. You know, it was one of those things where I can't figure out a better way for it to have ended. Something big happened that well, I was happy happened. Well, it went off the rails a long time ago, so you can't fix it right. all magically in even the last season, let alone the last episode. But they, you know, the last season had been pretty good, and it makes me wish that they had just done this season earlier, <laughs> right? Before they had burnt out on the plot lines. There is, there is at least one or two really good writers on that show, though, mm-hmm. and there's someone who knows comedy timing and like how to write for people as if they were actually talking to each other really well. That's important. So, so Jason Stackhouse has some of like the greatest lines. There's just like every once in a while, one liner, which would be what the person would actually say in that situation instead of the like over, overindulgent melodrama that the show really is. 
Um, and it was just little things like that that made me look forward to it, <laughs> which is kind of sad to say, but every once in a while, you're like, yes, yes, this is good. Uh, so yeah, True Blood is over. I don't, I don't know what else has been going on. Super behind on Giant Bomb Quick Looks. Yep. Gotta catch up on that. I gotta catch up on that. I don't know. What have you been up to? Anything? I've been playing a lot of video games for a couple reasons. Well, uh, because I didn't play a whole lot over the summer and then got absorbed with Bravely Default, which I finished right after the last podcast. So I'll clean Mm -hmm. that up a little later. Oh, yeah. And then it was just a massive explosion of like, all right, I'm going to play this, 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 I'm going to play this. They're all relatively brief. Um, so now we've been, we've been out of town for a lot of weekends doing fun stuff and, you know, working and stuff, but yeah, you were in Char- Charlottesville last week, Charlottesville last weekend, which is beautiful. Just visiting family there for the Labor Day weekend. As you mentioned, there was football going on, which we did not know until we were driving there and we we're like, why 64 so busy? Why are there stickers on every, oh, right. <laughs> Cause that's also the way to get to tech. Right. So it was like both uh, sets oh, of yeah. cars going and we're like, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, but other than that, the town didn't feel that much different. You and you had a big race last night. It's true. I did not. So it's funny. I was thinking of you Friday after work. I drove um, into the city, and there were like all the um, signs with the like changing messages or whatever were like directing race traffic. They're like race traffic take this way and this way. Mm-hmm. Like it was right before rush hour, and I was like, oh, okay, that's right, that's it, happening. It. Uh, so last night was the last race of the. I don't know how they call it the chase. The chase is the last 10 races and it declares the winner of the season. So it's kind of like the a playoffs or the finals of NASCAR. So this last was, night was the finale was the, it was the final race to get into. Oh, okay. The Got chase. It. Got it. Uh, so it was a big race for a lot of people. Um, and it ended up being the most, one of the most boring races of the season. Oh no. Um, there was a, I imagine comp- there's pretty stiff competition for that as well. No, Jay. I I just mean in terms of the number of things that happened, like the number of variables. Mm-hmm. So normally you get a bunch of accidents, wrecks, as they might be called. Sure. Um, and that's just part of it. And then that changes the field up and you know, someone goes out, someone comes laps behind. Uh, the only caution flag that went out last night is because someone lost a little control and like bumped into the wall. So there was no other like car to car damage. Uh, the same guy, my guy, which is okay. Okay. Uh, led the majority of the laps and won. Nice. Hey, there you go. <laughs> which is good, but it was also just super boring to watch. I was like, ah, nothing's nothing's What's happening. Going on, nothing's... they're just going in circles. Nobody's passing or anything. Yep. Yeah. As opposed to the race last weekend, which came down to the wire, twice to the wire, um, which it, the race in Atlanta was more exciting to watch. But you know, it happens. I'm uh, looking. I just so I just googled what happened at the race, and one of the first things that came up was this Washington Post article: "Half Naked Man Climbs Fence Delays NASCAR Race." I didn't even see that. This was posted today, so it must have happened. I must have. I don't. Uh, everything seemed to start the, on time, as far as I was the concerned. The incident occurred with 71 laps to go and caused a caution during the race, during which most of the field took the opportunity for a pit stop. The man climbed the top of the catch fence that separates the track and grandstand. Oh, you know what? Uh, they didn't put that on television. Aha. Uh-huh. It was one of those, like, you know, they don't put streakers on TV anymore right. things. It makes perfect sense. So there was a caution that went out, and they just said, 
none of the spotters caught it, but NASCAR caught it. They didn't say what the, they just said like debris on the track to mean naked man, naked man. Yeah. Naked man on the track. Uh, He's not completely naked. It looks like he is, uh, he is a very well-kempt man and he looks to be in some sort of like tan shorts and shoes. But okay, no, the, there's pr- just like poor Instagram pictures is what they've got here. You mean all Instagram pictures? Agreed. Right. Uh, just hanging out. <laughs> just the kind of quality NASCAR experience you get here in Richmond. I love it. Yep. It's, it's a good town. Uh, I had my first pumpkin beer of the season yesterday. That's not true. You had one at uh, Jimmy's house. Although that I could argue that's not the first one of the season preseason okay yes september is the season right when it becomes okay and i had one in august yeah um so i bought a four pack of the werbacher imperial still the best i'm surprised how few people seem to know about that really good yeah and i'm glad they're selling it in the four pack Mm -hmm. as opposed to the bomber because i usually i mean it's heavy it is heavy yeah and especially this time of year it's still it's been it was really hot this weekend Mm -hmm. um it's nicer today, but yesterday was brutal. I don't want a big 24-ounce, like, high-octane right. beer. Yeah. I also bought um, whatever Rogue's pumpkin is. I, I think it's maybe the first time I'd seen it. I don't know. At this point, when I walk into a beer section, I don't even know how to choose. That one looks... Like a beer, that's definitely. I know. A bottle, besides right? the one at this point, I kind of have now. I used to be so adventurous, and now I, I, kind of fall into the ones I know, especially for those seasonals. I'm like, definitely want the Wirebacher. Get a mm-hmm. couple of those. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, um, meant to mention this before we get into the body of the show. We are just chit chatting. Big buttermilk struck again. Oh, what happened? Uh, bought bought it for a recipe, you know. Bought the quart size mm-hmm. buttermilk, which is the smallest one that you can buy. Right. Used four ounces, and then it went bad. Four? What recipe called for four ounces? I don't remember. It was maybe like a soup or a sauce, just like that tiniest bit. That's something I would not buy buttermilk for. I would. I didn't. I didn't have lemons either. Yeah, you can use vinegar, like just white vinegar. Oh, that's true. That's true. Or you can do. I've I've kind of hacked you. Um, I'll keep like low fat plain yogurt around. That seems to keep for quite a long time, mm-hmm. and just use like a lot of that. And then I put some milk in there, and then I get okay. kind of the texture and kind of the tang. Um, I think if you were baking, I don't. You'd want to do some research to see how that's going to affect rise and stuff. But especially right. for something like a sauce or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where you just want the consistency and a little bit of the tanginess or the acidity, yeah. I think that's probably what I would have done. Yeah, I got I got fooled. Big butter. I said milk, I man. I said I won't be butter. fooled again. You should just like anytime you have buttermilk, just make a whole bunch of biscuits and be like, "Fuck you, buttermilk!" And then just like chuck them outside. Just give them to random passersby. Yep. We made pumpkin biscuits last mm-hmm. night. Ooh, that sounds delicious. They were good. So, okay. You know, another By good the, thing to do would be... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. No, you, 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 you. Uh, I think I found out what you should do with extra buttermilk. I changed my mind. Pancakes. Take the rest of it. Just make a whole shit ton of pancakes. Freeze them individually. Pop them suckers in a toaster. Yeah. Perfect. Great breakfast. Yeah, you're right. That's actually... That's a fantastic idea. Um, Buttermilk. 
What was I? I was so, so excited. You're talking about pumpkin biscuits, which sound delicious. Pumpkin biscuits are delicious. Buttermilk, pancakes. Um, I'm out. I don't remember what I was going to say. Uh, I was so excited about, about it. Persona? <laughs> Speaking of Persona, uh, no, it's gone. It's it's totally gone from my brain. Oh, well. Uh, speaking of being gone from my brain, this is Low Score, episode 116. Big episode 116. Bobby and Jay, Bobby, you're over there. Jay, you're over there, and I actually remember to do it this time. Yeah, hey, I totally forgot, too, because we didn't put it on our list. Uh, but this is going to be excellent. This is going to be excellent. We had we had such great a great phrase going in that would carry each of these bi-monthly podcasts. Yep. And then... It was a month of Sundays. Um, so, first up, want to say congratulations to one of our friends on their new position at oh. Unnamed Video Game Company. Yes, we are very excited about position at Unnamed Video Game Company. I am, at least. I am in particular, uh, and I just want to say to this person, you better get in good at this video game company. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, maybe get buddy-buddy with some of the people there. Yep. Such that, in case they ever wanted to sit in front of a microphone and record promos. Oh, I think that would be... That's really... That's the ultimate. Hey, so, let's not... I'm uh, willing to wait. Oh, uh, yeah. Yo, I mean... Uh, Two, three, five years, whatever it takes. <laughs> this is the long game now that somebody's on the inside. Yep. Um, yeah, I was very excited about that. Yeah, so congrats to you, mm-hmm. that's, friend of Unnamed Video job. Game Company. Do you know what he's doing? I don't. Okay, I'd like nah, to know. I, I can, I can, I'll find out. I will message him back. Yeah. I wonder how close he works to the free stuff that we could get. I would bet very we could We could give them away as promotional items. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. To listeners. Mm-hmm. You're, you're listening to me, and I'm listening to you, so I think that makes us <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. And and just to save on it, I, we will each have the same things. Yeah, and then that sense. way that way we can just say that we've mailed each other the items. Right, but we'll save on shipping because we've already. Mm-hmm. We'll just you you already figured it out anyway. Congrats. So there's that. Um, we also got a the list last time. Yes, indeed. Um, so friend, really happened. Friend of the show. Friend, good friend of, the, of show. the show. Good friend of the show. Very good friend of the show. Adam Stack. So he, this was the uh, the list of the five video game things that are very special to you. I don't remember exact phrasing that we had. I forget. Uh, it was stuff. Stuff. Video game stuff you like. <laughs> Items. <laughs> okay. Video game stuff I like. Mario. <laughs> My TV. Um, so first on his list is the More Friends music from Final Fantasy May 16, 2005 t-shirt. That he won during the first ever MAGFest game show that he attended, as presented by us. Thank you, thank you, thank Yay. you. Uh, and as symbolized, uh, as this symbolized my baptism into the wonderful gaming community and the friends that would become. I, I'm reading at an angle, so I don't, I can't actually see. This. And the friends that would come with it in the years to follow. Oh, gee, shucks. Nice. Uh, number two is his archive DVDR of 2007 Nintendo E3 press conference. Uh, he had entered the Nintendo Shortcuts video contest and was one of the ten winners. So, But he didn't have any idea when watching the event that one of the videos between stage presentations would actually include uh, Adam playing a news reporter from Hyrule and his buddy Ben smashing clay pots while dressed as Link. 
seeing uh, himself unexpectedly appear in a Nintendo E3 main stage press event will likely go down as my finest unintentional video game achievement from here on out. That's pretty special. That is pretty special. That video is online too, by the way. If you search Nintendo Shortcuts 2007, I think it comes up first. <laughs> Number three, my hard copy CD of the Grim Fandango soundtrack because it is forever wonderful and I still mm-hmm. use it regularly when DJing, when DJing, training, and game events on the road. So this pick represents my love for the adventure genre, all things Tim Schafer, game soundtracks, and the path I've taken in my professional life inspired by these, among others, with my current company. I did not remember how really, really excellent that um, soundtrack was until recently. The two-player productions, which was uh, doing the um, uh, Broken Age documentary, has put out a couple documentary promotional things for the Grim Fandango remake, which Mm -hmm. is showing kind of like how the deal went, and then like archival footage from... Um, the developers back in the day, and there's a big segment with the audio engineer guy um, who was, like, thrilled to get to do, like, a film noir score and, like, showed some of the instruments he used for that, and then they played some of the music, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really good. So that is especially cool. Superb. Uh, Number four is his DDR collection, about a dozen games from PS1, 2, and Wii, and includes far more game pads than he'll ever need, especially as it's all been in storage ever since I moved into his second floor apartment. Someday I'll make it back into the mass. I'm sympathetic with this. I, Because uh, I got Rock Band. The first year I had Rock Band, I was in a third floor apartment, which means I couldn't ever really play it, at least not the drum part. Um, and we're in, you know, DDR, not only is it dead just from the perspective of nobody's making games anymore, mm-hmm. on an LCD TV, man, it's not really all that possible. Yeah. I yep. I have it an older one for Xbox 360 and could never get it calibrated quite right. My in-laws have a really beautiful. I don't have I talked about this before. The cabinet TV tube TV that they have. No. So it's down in their basement. It's, it's super old, but it's in a nice cabinet. Uh, I don't even know the size of the screen. Twenty three inches or something. Mm. So not too big, not too small. Um. And if they ever want to get rid of it, I want it yeah. so that I can hook it up with old consoles and, you know, proper uh, SD SD connections for things like like that. I have my old 27 inch, the um, the like flat panel TV I had, at least in brown. Mm-hmm. That is still out in my shed that much to Carrie's chagrin, I will not let her throw away, even though we have no room for it in our house <laughs> and it weighs a million pounds and it's gigantic. But I'm like, no, this is a decent tube tv and i right. want to keep it forever whenever these are going to be place these are going to be hard to come by yep yeah the idea that you are ever in a bigger place you so unlike me i'm in an apartment right and that's a temporary situation indeed that's you have true. purchased your home we purchased our home yes so we're not thinking about you purchased I, yeah, pur- soon purchase your home in the place that you want to be and want to live yeah so I mean, it would definitely be nice to have more space, but you'll you'll eventually outgrow it. But yeah. that TV is going to be in a shed for a long time, yep. unless you turn that shed into a Dexter shed. No, hey, I mean a, a gaming shed. Uh, there, I do have electricity out to my shed, mm. so it's not impossible. We would <laughs> need to get pretty good ventilation, <laughs> which yes. it has none. Yeah, playing DDR in a hot shed, I'm sure that would be fine. Yep, sweat it All out. Right. And number five on his list, my Parappa the Rappa orange beanie. I love this story. Mm-hmm. As one in the Sony PSP re-release of the original rhythm game Classic. Um, the prize also, it was a contest. The prize also included a trip to PAX as a Sony guest before there were multiple PAXs. This was just the PAX. That's awesome. Some other video game prizes and a year-long YouTube internet death threat on my pre-teen, pre-teen sister 
and I from a highly functional autistic man who had convinced himself he would win the contest and use the trip to obtain sex from his only lady friend, riddling himself of his, quote, frustrated virgin identity. This is a story. This is a hell of a story. Whoa. Have you, have you heard the story? No, I just clicked the link he provided here. You need to ask Adam to tell you the story yeah, at some point. I will absolutely do this. Uh, uh, too long for this podcast. It is, it is much too long for this podcast. It is a very weird story. Okay. Well, what a great list. <laughs> yes, fantastic. No list. spoilers. That's probably the best list that will be on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All right. I won't sell ourselves short. All right. Well, then, Jay, what have you been playing? I What haven't I been playing, Bobby? That's actually a, probably a shorter list. Um, since we last f- talked, I've completed six video games. Wow. Now, one of those was Bravely Default, which I was not all that far from last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I finished, it was actually just a couple days, I think, after the podcast. A couple days after. Um, so I forget exactly where it was. So I not only did I finish that game, um, I maxed out every job, uh, maxed out every character to level 99, I beat all the sub-bosses, fully completion. According to my system clock on the 3DS, mm-hmm. I've played it's... it for 100 hours and 7 minutes. That's pretty good. Um, but it says I only played it 50 times and my average playtime was 2 hours, which makes sense because there were probably a couple like 8-hour does this does the system clock count? Wait, sorry, say that second part again. So it says I'm, I'm actually wondering how it counts because playtime at a hundred hours makes sense because I think my in-game clock is like eighty something, so that okay. would account for a lot of deaths and stuff. Um, and it's not so high that I assume that when I just close the game, it wouldn't count Correct. it. Um, it says times played fifty, average playtime two hours. That actually that sounds weird because I almost when I was playing it, I almost never like booted out of it i would yeah, just when, leave it running for days and days and days interesting I so i may have had more that. than 50 playstation anyway yeah um i don't have a whole lot more to say about that game besides like it was good enough to warrant spending all this time with but um fin- so everybody should buy it oh and it, um you you played the trailer for bravely second which unlocks at the <gasps> end which is one of the coolest things ever that was awesome it was probably my first and favorite use of ar absolutely contraptions so when you beat Bravely Default, you get a trailer for Bravely Second that um, didn't make much sense, um, but it was kind of cool. You know, you're you're like trapped in this like circular thing with windows on four sides, mm-hmm. and you have to stand and hold the 3ds and like turn to watch action happening all around you. Right, it's it's happening. It was not happening in the room, but it's using the positional no. part of the the AR camera so that like you you see something as like you know a flash is going off to the side to the right, and you have to turn your body to and see like it. look up to see the action that is going on. Yeah, so it was super cool. Um, it's made me very excited for Bravely Second, of which we don't have very many details yet, but that's okay. So uh, let's talk about some other games that are not Bravely Default. Yeah. Um, so I fired up the old PlayStation Four, mm-hmm. the fourth PlayStation. Um, and I played Wolfenstein: The New Order. Which you liked that game. I liked it quite a bit. So uh, this game came out early in the summer, early in the year. I forget exactly when. Kind of, kind of very little fanfare, and then slowly, like I kept hearing, like, "Hey, this is like really super good. 
um, hey, the reviews are, are a lot better than you think they would be for a game mm-hmm. called Wolfenstein. Like, Wolfenstein game hadn't come out in, like, six years and weren't ever really considered very interesting. Right. Um, but then I specifically heard uh, Jeff on the Giant Bombcast say, it feels like Wolfenstein The New Order comes out of a, like, came out of a world where Singularity got an award for Game of the Year. And I said, well, I'm going to buy it because <laughs> I like Singularity. You are a Singularity fan. And uh, I like those first-person, single-player type games. It's it's um, really shockingly well done. Um, you played a soldier who... Uh, there's World War II goes on, and Wolfenstein, like the... Nazis get access to technology that allows them to continue the war past 45. You enter a coma in 46 and wake up in 1960 to find that the Nazis have, like, won everything. In fact, like, once you come out of the coma, you're like, all right, where's the resistance fighters? And they're like, you don't understand. Like, the Nazis, like, won one. <laughs> so that's already a pretty interesting and fairly dire setting for the game. Um, the game has a, a neat... Uh, so it, it takes place over 16 chapters. A couple of the chapters, you're, like, back at a base just, like, kind of talking to people and figuring out what you need to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual shooting mechanics, you know, besides being, like, very tight, excellent first-person shooter stuff, um, there's an interesting, like, progression system where um, you can choose to use stealth, and if you stealth kill enough guys, then you're going to be able to get more knives or you'll end up walking more quietly. Um, if you like to use grenades and you use grenades a bunch, then you'll open up new, um, and bigger grenade pouches so you can carry more grenades around. If you like using assault rifles and killing people with assault rifles, you'll be able to hold more ammo for that. So it's this neat progression system that, um, kind of caters to your play style. And if you choose to do something, it makes doing that a little bit easier as it goes. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so you have, like, pretty good stealth sections, pretty good, like, all-out sections, some different boss fights, uh, and it just feels, like, very tightly scripted. It's a, a lengthy game and has enough varied environments and varied pace that it keeps your attention the whole time, which I was pretty impressed at. It's probably, like, a 12-hour game or something like that. Um, but you'll have your, like, quiet exploration-type stuff, and you'll have your, like, big shootout-type stuff and stealthy situations so i thoroughly enjoyed that game should i keep my uh my eyes peeled on the steam store then should yeah. i add this to my wish list to get yep. notified yeah 100 percent. especially on pc i think it would be really good i mean it was great on i mean it'll be great anywhere um but yeah it's it's right now it's pretty regularly on sale for 40 which is uh if you're looking for something to to pay i wouldn't hesitate to pay that price if you're a little cautious about it you know it came out in may I I think that'll be a great candidate for, you know, at the very latest holiday Steam sales to, mm-hmm. to drop pretty significantly. Yeah, I, I'm obviously, I'm not in the market or immediate market for a game that I have to play. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I will certainly take it up if it's good enough. Nice. All right, let me, let me do that while we are talking. Add to wishlist. So the add to wishlist thing does not appear on the Steam page until you log in. You can't, mm. there's no add to wishlist and then it logs you in. Oh, weird. Figure that out, Steam. So yeah, you be. How long did that take you? Any idea? Uh, I don't know exactly, but like I said, I would guess probably twelve hours or so. It, the, the difficulty. I played it on the whatever the default was, and it's not an easy game. 
Um, it actually took me a little while to kind of get comfortable with the controls. And then I did pretty well. But the last boss fight took me a ton of tries. Hmm. Um, but it was still pretty fun. Like, I felt a good sense of accomplishment when I finally was able to to beat it. Um, so, yeah, but it's not it's not super short. Uh, but but it's broken up into very deliberate chapters, and uh, like I said, for a good chunk of the game, you're kind of alternating like back to your home base, and then you go off on a mission or two, then back to your home base. So it lends itself to good size play sessions. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where I was the last time we spoke, so stop me if I'm repeating myself. But I was playing, if you recall, Metro 2033. Yes, definitely. Um, and I got to a point where I just got stuck on a single encounter. I could just never pull it off, and I stopped playing that game. I'm sure if I went back to it now, it's kind of click, and the magic of waiting would happen. But can you drop the difficulty mid game? Um, that's a good question. I don't know, and I may already have done that. It's just a weird situation that I'm in where I have like just not enough health, and yeah. it's you know just too a little frantic, and they do. A I don't know thing. how to do it. They do a neat thing with the health in this game, and not playing enough kind of. PC shooters, I don't know if this is common, but you do have health packs in the game. Um, but if you, your health always regenerates up to a multiple of 20. So like if you have 100 health and you get hurt down to 82, it will go mm-hmm. up to 100. But if you get hit down to 75, it'll go up to 80. Okay. So you're never ever in a situation where you have less than 20 health. And even then, like on normal, even huh. as the enemies got pretty tough, there were health packs everywhere. That's cool. Yeah, it's a neat kind of balance between the, like, Halo, full regenerating health, and, you know, old school, you just have a set number. Well, since you've played so many more games than I have, you should just keep going. Okay. Um, The next game I played was Metal Gear Solid, the fifth one, part one, Ground Zeroes. Okay. So this is the remind me what Ground Zeroes is. Ground Zeroes is the strangest entry I've played in the Metal Gear franchise. This was, um, this is the game that came out in February, and is supposed to serve as a prologue to the proper Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it bridges the gap between. Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, which was the very well acclaimed PSP game that was like squad based a little bit, but but also like it had a squad element, but I actually think it was a, kind of largely a main Metal Gear game. Mm-hmm. It was actually part of the HD remake that came with two and three that was released on the Xbox and PlayStation, so it's been consoleized. Um, it bridges that and Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Um, it is f- from a. Uh, so if you care about the Metal Gear Solid lore and the story, this has probably the biggest disappointment you've ever encountered in your entire life. Oof. Because here's what happens. Um, so the prologue to the game, you play Metal Gear games, so you know how you can often just like read a whole bunch about what happened before. So the the pro, like if you played Metal Gear Solid 1, they'll have what happened in Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 just in like straight up text entries. Like here you go. Previously. Previously. Metal Gear. So this one, the like prologue section is a big text section that is just the entirety of the plot of Peace Walker. And I think plus a little bit more. Um, because the when you boot it up, the only gameplay option you have is the Ground Zeroes mission, which is you need two people have been captured, you need to go rescue them. To make sense of any of this, you need to go read this big prologue thing. 
So then you get on a helicopter and you land on this, um, like, uh, I think it's Cuban, like, prison base thing, little island. You go, you through your stealth and solid snaky stuff, rescue these two people. You've got to, like, free them, carry them back to a pickup point, get a helicopter to come and pick them up. Once that's done, you get on the helicopter and leave. Then you see a big old big time cutscene that gives you a little bit of information on what happens after that and how Snake ends up in the coma and like wakes up in the hospital he'll start at at the beginning of Phantom Pain. And that's it. So the gameplay portion is, hey, you need to go rescue these two people. 90 minutes later, you do that. That's it. That's the game. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Continue. So, so this I, is, I, this sounds like a pretty poor experience at this point. Yeah, right? I cannot that, I cannot process this thing. This as is the only thing that's like play. relevant as Metal Gear stuff. Now, how is the gameplay for those 90 minutes? Well, it's quite good. Um obviously okay. they've built a whole new I don't know if it's a, a new engine, but this is the first time we're seeing uh this like Fox engine um on next generation consoles. Um Oh, okay, it is the first uh, Metal Gear game for it. I guess Pro Evolution Soccer also used it. Whatever. <laughs> cool. So it's very impressive. It has like beautiful lighting and water effects. Um, the controls continue to get much, much better as they do with each Metal Gear series. They've added the like Western first-person control mode. So you can left-trigger, right-trigger guys. Um, if you want, it has a pretty generous auto-aiming. Um they give you a lot of ammo, so it seems like now, instead of it being super stealthy, they're like, whatever you want to do, man. Um, but you're doing cool stealth stuff, like the main mission takes place at night. So you can go climb up uh, like guard towers, choke the guards, and then uh, like turn off or like move. Uh, if you turn off the light, I think people notice, but you can like maneuver it in a position that you won't ever be, so that now the light won't ever like cast on you. It's like one of the little like stealthy things you can do. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of choice in how you can play it. It controls really well. It was really engaging. You know, a lot of like gambling, that kind of the best of stealthy stuff. But it's still a pretty short experience and doesn't really unlock much of the story. Kiefer Sutherland is solid snake. He says about four words. So I don't even know if he's any good or not. <laughs> um, is he is the voice supposed to play a bigger part in proper Metal I, Gear Solid 5? I assume so because I think Metal Gear Solid 5 is going to be a pretty typical like okay. Metal Gear type game. But, so here's the thing. So after you beat that one mission, then they offer up a whole ton of, like, extra missions. I think there's five you get right off the bat, and then you have the opportunity to unlock two more. And these use the same base and give you, like, different objectives. Some of them are kind of funny. Some of them are not. And they're all standalone, like, I think out of continuity, but maybe in continuity type little deals where... You've got to go rescue a certain guy or interrogate a certain guy or, like, take out some, like, anti-air guns or, like, very specific missions. Um, because one of the big things about uh, um, uh, Phantom Pain is that it's going to be this, like, like big open world stuff. Like, we've seen Snake in the desert and walking around right. and stuff like that. So this, this is kind of, like, mimicking how they're going to do that, I guess. Like, going back to the same place. And I was surprised at how engaging all this stuff was like it's a testament to how fun the mechanics were and the feasibility of tackling things in several different ways or even thinking like when stuff goes bad like screw it i've already completed the objective maybe i can just run 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 um 
you know, calling the helicopter at the right time so it's landing just as you get there. Because if the helicopter is landing and you're not there, then they'll shoot the helicopter and take it down. So all these things you have to consider. That have actually been really fun from uh, just like a silly gameplay type of thing that's engaging. Mm -hmm. So that's been pretty fun. It's just like a sandboxy type stealth game. It's been so you think it sets up? Thinks it sets up good things for the future. You're, you're I, looking forward to what Full Five has to offer. Yeah, if this has enough like single player and story, then I I'm pretty encouraged. Um, this game came out at thirty dollars, I believe, which even seeing the quality of it, that's hard to justify. I got it for ten, um, which I think if you are interested in the game at all, that's kind of a no brainer. Mm-hmm. But it's a very weird game. Like it's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they. I'm not sure whose idea this was. Was just like, listen, man, it's we need to get a PlayStation Four game out. Oh God, like can you put together something? That sounds sounds about right. Yeah, um, because it doesn't feel much like the other Metal Gear games in terms of the structure. So, um, all right, yeah, it's been a pretty cool game. That is, I would have liked to have watched you play that. Yeah, totally. I don't know if I need to play it myself at this point, but mm. so one of the things to see what it looks like. One of the things that's cool is um, cool. Once you finish the main campaign, during that cutscene you unlock, a little message comes off and says like, "Streaming is disabled for this portion of the game." Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, ah, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. That I didn't know developers had that option. I'm trying to remember. There was something else I was watching recently. That had that it maybe like a sporting ga- a sports game mm-hmm. that I saw like a giant bomb quick look of, which is funny because they are recording everything that's happening. So, right. yes, streaming is disabled so that you can't watch these like sweet BMX videos. Right, but on your own, but they are on the internet anyway. Um, I do I don't like how that message just like pops up and goes away though relatively quickly depending on what you are watching because I find it a little distracting like. I, I don't know what the right answer is. Maybe it's just an icon instead of the full text. Portions right. of this have been disabled for blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, I would feel like if I were really in the midst of something, um, I can understand with copyrighted certain copyrighted material, but it's hard for me to understand how that is going to play out if more developers choose that as a route. Like, like there's a major spoiler scene. Streaming has been disabled. I almost think that the opposite type of approach makes sense. Like what they just did for infamous where, or uh, what they did for far cry three, like here's the single player DLC. You don't have to have the game to play it. Like that actually seems like a smarter way to stretch your buck. Like we've already built this engine and stuff like that. <laughs> no. no, Nope. Nope. You, uh, you, <laughs> so did I, that behind, make sense? Peek behind the scenes. Jay just took his headphones off and got up to get a drink. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I was. I'm eating this candy and it got stuck in my throat. So I was like, I have to get a water. Yeah. So what I was talking about is not what you chimed in on. I was talking about the little message that pops up that says some portions of this are disabled for streaming and oh, how shit. how they could do that more elegantly. Right. But I like that you you tried to figure out what I was going for. I was trying to figure out. I thought you were like. Uh, I thought it was about <laughs> people putting out cheap games <laughs> oh that's kind of beautiful i had to stop it though because i we're good at podcast i'm good at podcasting. Really, really good at podcast. well your your headphones are really short you need to get a pair of uh real headphones for the, i do the long cord i know 
Because I, I was only gone for like 10 seconds. Yep. And it was just enough to realize that mm-hmm. I was still talking about the stupid pop-up notification. Yep. I thought it moved to something else. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Um, <sighs> that's awesome. Okay. Let's see. I'll, I'll talk about one of mine. I played yeah. a little bit more of Strider. Yeah. But I played maybe an hour of it over the last month. Ooh. So... Well, all right, what do you have next on your list? Oh no, that's that's so hard. Yeah. Strider, yeah. I mean, Strider's a pretty easy game, but it definitely would benefit from sticking with the controls and and learning the rhythms of it. Right. And you know, it is on the PlayStation 4 that is on campus. So, oh, the third I'm, PlayStation. I have very limited access to to like choosing that as a game to play. It's not like I can come home and play it. Sure. Otherwise, I'm sure I would have powered through it, but yeah. I have to play it in Fits and starts, as they say. I finished The Walking Dead Season 2. This came out this year? Yes. Yes. So the fifth episode just, just came out. Like, like this Tuesday came out. That's It's funny to go from... When the first the, episode came out, I don't know. The first season where everyone was raving about it and it was the game that was going to change video games forever. And uh, amazing. I can't believe that this type of video game is going to be you know heralded as the game of the year to this year where the sequel no one is talking about it i assumed it was already out a long time ago because the wolf among us is also out yeah. so it's competing for my attention as to these telltale comic book games so the releases were real or the dates were were a lot more sporadic than the first one which i think after a delay after the first episode they were pretty good about getting one out a month Here's the release dates. December 2013, March 2014, May 2014, July 2014, August 2014. So they kind of got okay. on track a little sure. bit at the end there. Um, so I played episode one, then I waited a while, and I played episode two, and I waited a while, a long, long time. And then I played three, four, five, more or less back to back. It is a... Uh, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. I think people weren't talking about it. One, because... Uh, well, the first game was so good, and it was, at its best, kind of doing that again, mm-hmm. which makes it inherently less interesting. Um, and uh, two, it's overall not as good as the first game for a couple other reasons. Um, and I think that the delayed schedule definitely hurt, you know, any efforts to keep buzz and stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of good to it. So you play as the girl from the first game, Clementine, which is a lot of fun, and the... I think a lot of the marketing I saw was about, like, you're going to be able to make your Clementine, this kind of surrogate character from the first game, which is actually, actually really pays off. Like, um, I think I said before, the most fun I had in the game was the tension between playing this girl who's, like, I don't know, 12 or 13, and the fact that I know from the first game that she's been through some serious shit, and it's the mm-hmm. apocalypse, and... Um, you know, building off of those experiences and the things, you know, she learned from the characters in the first game uh, and, you know, how I'm going to take that as now being able to make choices for her in the second game was the best stuff. Because um, you got to play her a little grittier and stuff like that. Um, the game plays very similar to Fables in that they took out a lot of the, like, adventure gamey puzzles from season one and now, and also a lot of the shooting from Do you, season one. you mean the combined combining objects yeah like you there's very few situations where you're like walking around picking up objects in fact there's okay. very few situations where you're walking around a lot hmm. of it is um you as the game is playing itself 
making, um, I mean, tons and tons of dialogue choices. And then the sequences where um, it'll be more quick time event based, where like there's a zombie horde, um, press down real fast, press left real fast. Now mash on the A button. After you mash it down, push X, which is all fine. Um, I don't know, like like Fables and and Walking Dead one. That stuff's not the reason you're showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the the most disappointing part was that. So I think you know the reason the walk. One of the reasons the Walking Dead has been um, appealing to people in all mediums is that consequences are real. Like they're not afraid to kill characters or maim characters or have characters dramatically change or redeem themselves Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, make big meaningful changes. And the first season was pretty successful in that. And in these games, you know, you have a lot of important choices you have to make. Sometimes, uh, they're character driven where it works well. And some of them, it's about like, Ooh, do I, there's everything's going to shit. Do I save this guy or do I save this guy? And in episode one, a lot of the times, those would all kind of funnel into the same end result, but they did a pretty good job at hiding that behind the scenes. Like you would have no idea that Mm -hmm. more or less the same thing would happen if you picked option B, but you pick option A. Right. I found in season two, there were at least four times off the top of my head. So there's probably more where it would be like, oh man, are you going to pick option A or option B? And they're neither one's good, and it, like you're going to really doom what happens over here. And you're like, ha, 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 I'll pick B. And so something happens, and it's immediately like, nope, C's happening, and completely invalidating your choice. Oh, that sucks. Um, at worst, there is actually a cliffhanger uh, in one of those episodes, and in like two minutes into the subsequent episode, it's like, nope, that choice is completely irrelevant. Man, and you're cl- and it's and it's very clear. Like, oh, if I pick the other thing, I, this obviously would have happened happen. as well. Yeah. I don't want to get too specific. I wonder what causes that. I mean, like, was it is it just that they had such a strict vision for where they wanted the story to go and how it to play out that they had to do that, or did, was it like a you know some sort of feedback that they got about the first game that maybe like yeah most or a handful of people really liked that their decisions really mattered but most people felt you know stifled by their decisions and maybe um there's there's some things i like that i don't know if this has happened in other games where it's almost the same thing but in a way that i like where it's not so much a decision but like somebody's like real mad um and they're about to, like, hit somebody. This didn't really happen. But let's say that's happening. Okay. And you can pick whether you're like, yeah, hit him. Or like, no, don't hit him. Or like, hey, help. Like, these would be the choices. And you'll push something. And, like, a, a word and a half of whatever you pick comes up. And then the guy just, like, starts hitting him. Like, whatever. That's a kind of situation where they're trying to convey to you, like, this guy is not listening to you. Right. Your opinion does not matter. So now you need to take that into a consideration, like, when you go forward. Um, but it was still, I think a pretty good game overall. Um, you know, not being as compelling in terms of the overall story or characters as episode one, um, or season one, I guess, uh, doesn't necessarily mean I thought it was, but so bad. Um, I don't know if it's a must play. Um, and I certainly liked like I said up front, uh, being Clementine and controlling her, and I thought her character was a, a strong point throughout. But the trappings surrounding it just weren't as well 
um, written or executed as the first season. So I'll be interested to see what happens next season. Yeah. Um, I have not finished the second season of the first game. The um, second episode, you mean? Sorry, second episode of the first game. Right. You, so, you should restart. I mean, it is really worth playing. I, I should restart. I was on the farm, and I had to do a bunch of bullshit, and then my game froze, and I had to go back and do that bunch of bullshit again, and it froze again. <laughs> yeah. So I said, I'm never playing. But, so I had so assumed, all that bullshit is totally gone in season two. Like, that's I, like all that stuff, you will never have to do any of that stuff. Like, I wonder it, if I can put this board over here we need we we need a new generator we need a better term than visual novel Mm -hmm. but you probably understand what i mean when i say that and that is very much how season two is now like it is an um interactive fiction sure yeah i don't know what we've had this conversation um but yeah so i assumed that at the end of the first season clementine was killed because everyone was tweeting about clementine um, mm-hmm. so I don't know, I actually don't know what happens at the end of the first season, but I assumed that that, or for a long time, I had assumed that that was the climax of it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say that without kind of giving anything away um, besides that, uh, Clementine is an awesome character and you should definitely play walking dead season one. Okay. <laughs> At this uh, point, I mean, gosh, you bought it on 360? I don't know. So I, I, I own it in like three places, probably. 360, I, PS Vita. Yeah, I, I own it on Steam somehow. Steam. Um, so I played Walking Dead Season 2 on the 360, um, and I did it because I wanted to carry my save over, and I played Fables there too. And I think these are the last ones I play on that system. They're just, they're pretty doggone laggy. And not the world's best control scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I don't mind using the controller, so I'd probably pick them up for PS4 in a heartbeat if they start putting them there. Otherwise, I might have to switch to PC because mm-hmm. the interface is just a little slow. Sure. All right, that's cool. Boy, you you have a bunch of games. Uh, I play a lot of games. Like I said, you asked what I've been doing last month. Video games. I'll talk a little bit about Final Fantasy X. How... Yay! I really want to hear about Final so Fantasy X. So you were dodging lightning I was, bolts. I've been chugging along. I haven't made a whole lot of progress in it. Did not take my Vita with me on vacation. Which I brought my DS on vacation and don't really remember playing much. Like I started Fire Emblem Awakening and then didn't really play that. Okay. I played a few rounds of Mario Golf and I don't know. Yeah. So uh, still playing Final Fantasy X. It's kind of daunting, right? Because I, I picked a gigantic RPG as the primary it's huge. primary thing that's going to occupy my time. So I don't really feel like I should be starting other stuff while I still have that on my plate. But I don't really like Final Fantasy X. I find it kind of yep. boring. Um, I don't love the combat. I can't really get into a good rhythm of the combat where I can easily pull off you know, a group of kills or whatever without losing a bunch of health or taking damage and, you know, trying to swap these seven characters in and out. So they all get XP, which is bonkers. It's like, it's just, you know, another layer of something. If I just had a team of three, they're going around and just doing all the work. It probably would be better, but I feel like I'd be wasting my time if I didn't bother to swap everyone in and out. You have to. Um, Yep. So I, um, I, I just got through the, the something woods they starts it starts with an m it's after the thunder plains makalanka makalak 
Mekaleka High Woods. Um, Mekaleka. That sounds right. Yeah. Right. Mekalania. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going, it's going better. There are systems in the game that I wish I could get into that are at this point for being, I don't know how many hours and I am 20 some odd hours in are still like not really evident. For example, customizing your equipment. That seems like a fun thing to do, but it's really expensive to buy all the items. I'm not like finding or stealing enough items. You know, the items aren't coming in fast and furious in such a way that I can waste time, you know, putting plus five HP on a shield just doesn't make sense. So like that stuff's all kind of piling up. Um, I don't know. The uh, sphere grid hasn't really opened itself up to me yet. Like I'm playing in the, what's called the expert sphere grid. I, I don't Ooh. understand the difference between the two. They basically seem like the, like, the same thing to me. Do people still start in the same place on both? No. So it, the, the map is entirely rearranged. So people start, people oh. start in different positions all over the map and so that's the same on the regular yeah sphere and then i don't know if it's like there are more chances for you to get off of the path that you're currently on into some other you know set of skills um i i do not understand it enough to be able to tell you what the diff- major difference is there are there are things huh. that are locked i assume that's true in the, the original game like level level one yeah key, so level the- two key so the original game, what happened? Uh, maybe maybe there weren't. Yeah, I think there might have been stuff like that. So the original game, the kind of basic idea was like, Yuna starts somewhere and she is locked into the white mage mm-hmm. path, and you don't have a whole lot of options. You can decide, do I want to kind of take a detour and get this extra MP boost, or do I want to power through the main path to get new spells mm-hmm. faster? This was about the choice you could make, but it wasn't a choice of like oh, I'm going to branch off and learn some Black Mage spells and mm-hmm. come back. Like, no, you had to finish the entirety of the White Mage path, and then you could go wherever you want. The big difference was Kamari, who sucks. Other people might disagree, but he sucks because there's only six paths, and you can put him on any path you want. Hmm. Okay? But the problem is, um, with little exception, like some late game like locks and stuff, you can't really branch off. So he was always just a couple levels behind right. whatever character you was analogous like, great. to. He's got some black so magic, to... but it's only level one black magic. Right. Or it'd be like, oh, I put him down the Orin path, so he's always a little bit less strong mm-hmm. than Orin. Yeah, so. that, and that that is still true of this. Um, I'm not sure how they interweave in the same way. Like, For me, it felt pretty natural for Kamari to go from black magic to like the waka path and i don't know if that's just the okay. way it was laid out or if i actually made a choice i'm pretty sure it was just the way it was laid out laid out that's kind of um, neat in the original sphere grid can you go back yeah, uh but okay yes i believe you can i forget what the consequence okay. of that was if it like costs movement points to move back i something. think in this you can move back maybe you can you can move back anywhere God, you've been, been before so for mm-hmm. free as long or like for one move and then start somewhere else so you could like retrace your steps way back and then <sighs> that may be a similar yeah type of mechanic. yeah it's, i don't it's remember exactly uh, i finally have won some blitz ball so there's that word i use the blitz ball cheat the... which is 
Oh, where you hide behind the yep. get goal? Score one goal and then hide yep. behind the goal. Yeah, so I used that. Uh-huh. Just because I needed, I needed something to get my guys leveled up so that they could actually compete. Because I was just being destroyed totally. everywhere I went. And, you know, it is yeah. a game about numbers. There's very little skill involved. And I think that's a little thing they give you because, like, Titus is super mm-hmm. overpowered. But the rest of your team is not so good. That's why I worked a long time on leveling up Dotto, who is your other yeah. forward. Guess what? Dotto, uh, riding the bench. Fuck, fuck Dotto. Yeah, damn it. Dotto's the best. No, I love Dotto. Um, Dotto. Yeah, he is awful, but I put so much time into making yeah. him good. Yeah, he's good. So, you know, I, I play that every once in a while when I get to like a new can, inn. Can I give you a What's suggestion? That? Final Fantasy X-2. So here's the thing. I thought about it. I feel like I'm so... Oh, I'm I'm closer, right? Like, I don't know what percentage yeah. of the way through the game I am. Probably halfway through ish. No, no, not even. Mm-mm. God, because the strategy guy makes it look like it's like nothing. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. If you've only played twenty hours. Yeah, that's. I would think you have a long. Or maybe twenty five hours. But I'm also not doing any thing that's relatively you're, completionist. You're, you're, that's true. You're well invested. I mean, I'll give you that. Yeah, for so sure. I think I want to finish it. Um, okay, how long to beat, beat Pegs the main story at 48 and a okay. half hours? Sounds sounds about right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Well, I, I definitely admire you I sticking just, with it. I have to finish something in my life, Jay. I have to finish something. You do. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. All right. Speaking of finishing something, give me another. Uh, I also finished. Uh, uh, so after Bravely Default, I have had a bit of a portable gaming renaissance. That happens. Um, it. I'm, uh, you know, as I was saying to Adam yesterday, I was kind of always like, not always, but uh, as recent, like, well, if I'm home, like, you want? I didn't. I didn't like buy a big TV. Big like TV for charity. Like, I want to use a big TV. I want to use my couch. I want to use my controllers whatever but then that means i'm home almost all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, on vacation i found i wasn't either able or was not interested in playing a lot of handheld games um when i'm watching tv you know with a couple exceptions like just leveling up or something i like to focus on the show so it's just like ah uh, i i kind of lost appreciation for the intimate experience of putting a game close Mm -hmm. to your face and playing it a whole lot which is in fact really fun uh, so after Bravely Default, I uh, popped in Kirby Triple Deluxe, one of the games we had bought on a sale we mentioned a couple uh, podcasts ago. Sale. Yeah, which I had bought to kind of like be my third game there, and I just kind of wanted something to play, you know, kind of mm-hmm. light. Uh, and it turns out Kirby Triple Deluxe is frigging amazing. Huh. Like, one of the better Kirby games I've I ever know, played. I know uh, absolutely nothing about it except that I own it. You know... You know Kirby platformers? Yes. Okay, so you pretty much get what Kirby Triple Deluxe cool. is about. You're uh, sucking up dudes, pushing down to get their powers, pushing the B button again to spit them out as stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me what I like so much about the kind of Kirby structure of platformers, what makes them so different. So Kirby's a pretty easy game, right? Uh, so the challenge comes in to finding the secret stuff hidden in the levels. And the rewards are pretty good. There's all there's like so in this game there is like between 1 and 5 and it tells you how many there are. 
like big shiny gold stars hidden in the level. And if you can find them all in an entire like world, then you get a super secret bonus level mm-hmm. that feels like a combination of all of the different um, games, which is super fun. But it just felt, you know, really well constructed, like really gorgeous, good controls. Um, definitely reminded me of like how fun Kirby games can be. There's a couple other modes. There's a mode you can replay the whole game as uh, King Today Day if you want, um, which seems neat because he doesn't get powers, but he has a big old hammer. That's I like good. that. So I had purchased the Kirby Mass Attack. That's the three or the DS one, the second one after the Canvas Curse. And I did not okay. care for that one. So I was a little hesitant. What? So. What is that? Uh, there are a bunch of Kirby's on screen and you're like flicking in places. You like flick multiple Kirby's to do something. Um, huh? See, I don't, they should like yep. stop doing that. They should just make good ass yeah. Kirby games. Apparently like I own Kirby's Epic Yarn. Oh, Hey, hey. you should play that. I heard that <laughs> yeah. was a lot of fun too. That's something. Um, okay. So there's Kirby triple deluxe. Um, I want to skip one and go down here. Pokemon. Y. Did you play much of Pokemon? You have X. Uh, do you have what? Yes. Whatever. Did you I did play, not much play of that? And, no, I've not played X at all. The last one I played was Pokemon white version. I haven't played enough to talk about it for very long, but I played a couple hours and there is the world's coolest mechanic, especially, uh, uh, just in terms of how Nintendo uses the internet and playing it way, way long after the games come out. So there is a mechanic where you can go online and you can just say, like, I forget what it's called, but it's a blind trade option. Which means, like, I'm going to take this level 3 mm-hmm. Pidgey and I'm going to send it into space and it's gone. Fuck it. And I'm going to get some other Pokemon. Where does that other Pokemon come from? Other okay. people. Who have done the same thing? So it's a it's a dark pool. It's a trading pool. <laughs> it's a dark pool. You got no idea. You got no. You know you're gonna get something. You have no control. It might be a duplicate. It might be something else. All I'm doing is collecting Pidgeys and Caterpies and sending them into space to get way better Pokemon back. And it's working. Who's totally working? Who's I've like sending out. Are you guaranteed to so, get a uh, better Pokemon? Who's no. sending out like well-to-do Pokemon and? What's interest? What's interesting to me is I don't know what the mechanics governing it is because there's questions I think you're going to ask that I can't answer. Like, okay, I send a level three Pidgey. Are you going to get like something roughly that level? It seems like usually that's okay. the case, but I've also gotten some level tens and level fifteens, and once I got a level fifty-three. Oh, <laughs> you can't uh, now, use it because yeah. you remember the badge system. I can't use it right now, but still. Um, I got a level one Eevee and I'm like, that was rare in the old games. Like, is that just regular in these games or what? I'm going to give it a stone and make it into like a, whatever <laughs> the like electric one. Uh, but I've been getting all these, like from just a collecting perspective, it's great. And because like, I only have like six different Pokemon at this point in the game. Like, I don't care what you're giving me at all. Cause it's going to be something new. This is great. I'll just keep, keep spamming this. So I've been more or less running around the same area. And getting free Pokemon. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's the best mechanic I've ever seen. Uh, so I assume since this is your, your current handheld play that you're going to try to stick with Pokemon Y? Or are you just fucking around? Nah, not at all. Okay. I was just fucking around. I, uh, I I played it after Kirby to try to have something again to play mm-hmm. through TV. But now I want to get into the real game. The game of the day. Yeah. A game that I just finished up yesterday. And that is nine hours, nine persons. Nine, nine, nine. Nine, nine, nine. Uh, DS game. It's a DS game. Visually novelish. 
uh, very visually novelish. Um, in fact, which I'll cycle back to later, only, I think, a couple months ago, or maybe it was earlier this year, they took this game and they put it out on iOS for $5. Mm-hmm. But they strip out the puzzles. So it's just the book part, and there's the, like, all right, let's, let's back, back up. up. Rewind. So, so here's how this game works. So, yes, it is largely... A visual novel, you're literally, I mean, and, and quite literally, you're reading a whole lot. There's no mm-hmm. voice acting. So you wake up, um, you have been uh, knocked out, kidnapped, put somewhere with eight other people. And you all have these bracelets on your arm with numbers, and you have to escape. Okay. You don't know who put you here. You're not sure where you are. You don't know who the other people are, though you meet them pretty early in the story. Um, Sounds like a good premise. And and it's clear that there's these like like puzzles. So that so you're as you make your way through, um, there are um, kind of forks in the path. There's I think there's three. Um, where you'll come across two doors or three doors, and you have to pick which one you want to go into. Okay. And these will tend you down different puzzles. You'll be with different characters and then different like story beats will come up and you go through different endings. So the way the game works is as you play through, the game will probably abruptly end with one of the game's bad endings. Do you do you kind of sense that it's coming or does is it really abrupt? Well, um, you can kind of sense okay. that it's coming. Like it doesn't feel, uh, it it, hmm, it doesn't feel cheap necessarily, but it definitely feels okay. unsatisfying. Um, but that's okay because um, the game wants you to start over and replay, trying different forks to eventually get to the best ending. Now the game provides a mechanic where if you are encountering dialogue that you've seen before, you can push right on the D pad and it will bl- go like almost blindingly fast through okay. all the dialogue. So it's quite so you fast. can you could sit and uh, reread stuff if you've forgotten something, but for the most part, mm-hmm. it's just like skipping. Okay. Right. Um, one of the things I thought was so impressive is so. Uh, so anyway, so the, I was uh, told I borrowed this from Adam uh, and corroborated with Solosi that this is the way to play it. That uh, you play through the game once totally blind. And then there's a bunch of spoiler-free walkthroughs, which, like, here are all the choices mm-hmm. you can make. Go this way and then go this way. Because um, there's one of the bad endings you uncover super important information that you can then take with you to the game's, like, best or the only good ending. Um, and then you're done. But I there's a couple things I really liked about it. it but you start knowing very little including like uh why would i like want to replay this game why are there puzzles and all of that is completely explained in game 100% in an incredibly satisfying way by the end of cool. the cool uh there there wasn't a lot about replaying that felt like a chore um uh all of the characters like reveals and like the many like you know, you'll get a rug pulled out from under you and then another rug. And you're like, I didn't even know I was still staying on a rug, like pulled under you again. And it all feels like legitimate, like, oh, it, it wasn't through like 
lies or cheap things that I thought one thing, but now I think another thing. Um, so like you'll, you'll learn things and feel pretty concrete about them. And then they're like, nope, here's actually what's going on. And then they're like, no, no, really, really, here's what's going hmm. on, um, in a big way. So none of this works if the story is not like legitimately compelling and excellent. And it is, yeah, there was, um, there was definitely a time when this game came out and I thought to myself, what kind of person would sit through garbage like this? And I think my ch- tastes have changed enough over the years that I would be more than happy to sit down and and have something that has a lot of reading in it. Yep. it's. I mean, it's not at all... Uh, it is completely worth your time. Like I said, I mean, the only thing I guess I would say about that is it... it um, the puzzles are really good. Like, they're they're really fun. But by and large, they kind of sit adjacent to the story. Um, they do some cool things at different points, uh, tying them together. Um, which is why I, I, I'm a little confused about why the iOS version doesn't have any of the puzzles. Like I was thinking like, is that going to be an adequate way to play the game? On the one hand, it's way cheaper. Um, it's $5 instead of 20, which is what this game goes for. I wonder if it's also a space issue. It may be a space issue. The game looks a little bit better. Like they've cleaned up the images and and stuff for the iPad Mm -hmm. and the iPhone. And... Again, most of the time, they're not really consequential to the story. And you still make those choices. Like, they still, when you're like, which door mm-hmm. do you want to go down? Um, or there's a couple dialogue options, too, you get to pick. Um, were any of the puzzles, did you ever get stuck on any of the puzzles? Mm-hmm. So, uh, a couple times. So, one of the things I think is really smart is you, like, wake up in a room, and they're like, they're like, you got to solve this puzzle. Like, it starts you off with a puzzle, and they get out of the way, like, one, they keep you engaged because you're, like, doing a video mm-hmm. game thing. And two, they're like, we're going to explain to you how all these puzzle mechanics work right now. Like, here's a tutorial before we're really going to start out. Um, I actually thought that was one of the trickier puzzles in the hmm. game. Um, and then also, um, the next to last set of puzzles got pretty tricky. In fact, one of them I, like, couldn't figure out. And I was like, um, I actually fell asleep on the couch playing this game. And I was like, I can't figure it out it was like 12 30 at night and i was like too oh like i was so <laughs> mad but it was just fatigue because um then i started the next afternoon and like five minutes later i was like wait there it is <laughs> like duh um they're pretty good i mean uh, the it's not a cakewalk but also um i didn't ever need a walkthrough for any of the puzzles okay cool um are you going good. to play I think VLR? It's, it's, i already it's bought it for i uh I bought it for the 3DS, okay. the three-dimensional screen. Um, I was not able to find a definitive answer about what's better. It seems like the opinions were it looks better on Vita, it controls better on 3DS. Was more or less the uh, consensus. Oh, I could have got trophies if I played on Vita. It was DS. within the last year-ish uh, a free Vita game. So I own that game for free. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn it. Um, I don't remember when, but within the last year, I've had yeah. my Vita for since December. Did Wait, I not download it? Did well, I download yeah, it? That's it's worth checking. Maybe you downloaded it and deleted it because you needed oh. space. Did you already open up the 3DS one? Fudge! No, it hasn't. It hasn't uh, come yet. I bought it yeah, it's Friday. Worth checking your your list. Um, but uh, I was wondering how to get a hold anyway. of 999 because the original release is rare. There's like one version of the box that's rare and then there's a re-release. Uh, 
it's 20 bucks right now on, on yeah. Amazon. Like, yeah, 1987, you can just buy it right now. You should buy that. For 20 bucks, All you right. should buy that. Amazon.com. Nine, nine, nine. Uh, yeah, I, I, as somebody who, so I'm so, again, I'm like gaining a, a further appreciation for weird Nintendo DS, especially as somebody who loves himself a uh, a weird ass handheld DS game. Mm-hmm. You should definitely get this thing. Um, but now I'm like thinking, I'm like, dude, let's keep this train rolling. I got a Professor Layton game in here. Yeah, but check that, play some of that. It's been fun. But I, I was completely engrossed in this game. I played the first playthrough in almost almost one sitting. I played through the bulk of it um, uh, in the afternoon and then finished it up, I think, at night. But but it's it's real fun. And it, and it like works in different levels. Like Even though you don't learn a whole, whole lot your first playthrough, you can start to put things together and it makes the subsequent ones like even more valuable as like stuff starts to really go off. Cool. Rails. Um, okay. Aha, so it was free in June of 2013. That makes you feel okay, because I didn't have a PlayStation right. Plus then. It was a while ago. Yeah, there's, it's, you know, between all the the games I've had to delete off of the PS Vita, just for space reasons, mm-hmm. mm. and the stuff that I don't download to my PS3 for space reasons, I have a lot of video games that I don't even remember owning. I know that's the problem with digital. Honestly, I'm like, I wish there was a good like list of everything I right. have. Yeah. Um, Should just like print it off and pin it up. I will say I have not played Virtue's Last Reward. I would not play it before playing 999. Oh yeah, no, I I would play 999 first for sure. Yeah, for sure. I say that just because one, I know that the um, uh, like replay mechanic gets even better. So being able to fast forward through the stuff. And, like, it being legitimately super fast is quite good. On the other one, my understanding is there is, in fact, just, like, a big, like, you know, flowchart type thing. And you can, like, click on a moment and just warp to that. Mm. The, the ones you've been to, mm-hmm. of course. So cool. That seems especially good. So, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. That is the games I've been playing, Bobby. Damn, dude. There, there they are. I'm glad you did because I was feeling really Woo! bad about this episode because I have basically nothing to bring to bear. No worries. Um, uh, we'll ignore the discussion of getting me out of the gaming rut. I just need to power through. I just need to. I need to find a new I, rhythm. Is what needs to happen, dude. That happens to me like all the time. Yeah, not all the time, but it happens a couple times a year. Um, and usually I take that opportunity to go and like power through a bunch of comics, or I'll like spend afternoons on a cooking project, mm-hmm. and then something happens and I get sucked in. Um, you know, because I'm in the throes of it right now. You know, I was I was thick into the, writing my dissertation, which means I wasn't playing a whole lot. I was still playing Persona Four at the time, kind of like mm-hmm. in and out. But at the end of that, you know, I was really just into writing. And then I thought this summer, I have the whole summer. I have a free summer. I'm going to do a million things. Mm-hmm. And I had a good summer. I, I went and visited yeah. people. I went on vacations, but I did not play video games in the way that I thought I was going to get to play video games yeah. over the summer. So that's okay. Um, I've read some books. There's that. That's good. Yeah. I've I've actually been enjoying reading for pleasure. It's kind of a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I finished like five books already, which is more than I usually do in a year. So, and that was just Damn. the summer. All right. I You know what? I think we need it. Do it. Do it. Bring it out. That's that. News flash bitches. 
Good God. Plus one to awesomeness. Son of a bitch. <clears throat> Son of a bitch, Jay. Son of a bitch. That sounded suspiciously like the Borderlands alarm. That is the Borderlands alarm. Um, Borderlands, the pre-sequel. It is coming it's, up. It is encroaching yeah. upon our lives. It is. We have a problem. Mm-hmm. Borderlands is a game that is coming out on older gen con- consolular relations. It is. The, uh, the third PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And the, the 360th Xbox. Mm-hmm. And uh, personal computers. Yes. You have expressed your desire to get rid of Xbox Gold this year. Right. So I, I need to look up when it... I feel like I've got a lot of time left. i got to figure out when it goes away. You know, let's do that right now. Let's do a little research. I'm going I'm to research up. So so to recap, um, I have I have a, uh, some concerns. One is that this game will... I, wanna, I want the best experience with this game possible. So I'm... Part of me thinks, like, what if they do, like, a remastered version at some point on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One? Mm-hmm. Not out of the question. Um, my second one is, okay, well, yes, I've, I've bought this PS4 and definitely don't have plans to buy an Xbox One anytime soon. Um, and I don't really feel like paying for PS Plus and Xbox Live Gold, if I can, mm-hmm. help it. You know, that's quite a bit of money per year. Um, and it would seem silly to do it for just one game. So I don't know if I want to buy it on the xbox 360 the problem is the playstation 3 is a bad console that sucks correct uh and the controller is no good the controller is no good uh it's bad i don't like it and oh my god it wants me to upgrade silver light fuck you microsoft <laughs> fuck you you know silver light the web runs on silver light jay jesus christ it's so silver light is the xbox website and it's netflix mm-hmm and then, when, oh man, my gold expires November 16 of this year. Oh, yep. Mine, mine expires January 3rd. Okay, well, see, it might make sense for you to keep going though, because you don't have. Well, maybe not, because you got your PC now. Right, and but I only want. And to, you're not gonna. And you're obviously gonna keep going with PlayStation Plus. Right, PlayStation Plus is a no-brainer. Um, but I want to be able to play this game online. So if you don't have gold. Well, and it makes so, and and I think the real issue here is, if at least the two of us don't get it for the same console, what, what good, what good is exactly? So we need to decide how we're going to do this. Are we going to do this? That's another question. Are we going to do this? I don't see a world in which I don't do this. I don't see a world where I don't do this either. I do see a (laughs) world where I don't play this in October. I mean, I'm looking at this little schedule here. Oh, there's fuck all coming out right. the rest of the year. So if you want to buy something, I think I mean for me it's there's Destiny, which okay. I'll, I'll probably get, and that that helps because you know Destiny will fulfill some of that desire, and you and Jimmy can play that online. It's I don't think same. it will. I don't know, and and it's really not the same. Like the the tone and the loot and the chaos. I'm not trying to say Destiny like was bad. Far from it. It was right. uh, in fact like a a better shooter than Borderlands right. for sure. But, but yeah, it's a very different type of experience. Um, oh man. Yeah, and then the other question is, looking toward the future, because there's there are going to be four DLC packs for this game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. like you could just buy three months of gold and we play it for three months, and then that's right. it. You know, right? This is this is a an investment. 
Now you don't have a computer that you can play this on. I'm guessing. No. Nothing that no. can run it. Mm-mm. So it seems to me that our only option is the suboptimal PlayStation Three. Can- do they have? Do they have like uh, Xbox to PS Three controller ports? Because <laughs> <laughs> the DualShock Three man just stinks. Uh, I no, I don't think so. Um, what What if we scoured for like? What if we could find fifty percent off gold cards? Hold on, hold your horses. Can you use a PS4 controller with the PS3? I f- do I remember something like that? Okay, so the answer is yes with an asterisk. Okay, what's the asterisk? I, tr- I tried it, so yes, you can. Okay. Uh, with specific games that support it. I tried it with Uncharted 2 mm-hmm. with very poor results. It was like, when it worked, it worked great, but it, would ke- it kept getting disconnected, and there were weird, like issues like that do you but uncharted 2 is a pretty old game right it's an old game and it could be like a firmware update you know maybe they Mm -hmm. fixed something like that in the meantime yep uh if i could use dualshock 4 on ps3 well then i would buy a dualshock i mean i'm eventually going to get a playstation 4 right so i might as well buy a dualshock controller yeah uh, I just bought another one because they were on sale for forty bucks, which you should to- so you should totally do that. All right. Borderlands one and two are listed as DualShock Four compatible games. So then, this l- most likely, for being a new game being released, is going to be definitely compatible. Like yeah, f- like fully, not you know intermittently. Right. I'm gonna do some testing around because if that is the case, then I think this gets quite a that, bit easier. that's our answer yeah i do need to grab one of those uh, ps plus 40 dollar things soon though before we start getting oh, into the yeah. holiday season and they become more rare yep got to re-up uh, i wonder i don't know how long mine is i feel like i well gosh but no uh, i'm probably that i bet i bought it in december probably or whenever the vita yeah where did you buy your oh. did you buy yours for the vita or did you buy yours for the PlayStation 3. Well, I got my PlayStation... Oh, uh, yeah, maybe I got it for PlayStation 3. So maybe I got it over the summer. Yeah, because I had it before my PS4, and I know this because when I got my PS4, I was mad because I couldn't use the free month that came with it. Hmm. Oh, man. Big release that wasn't on this release schedule. I'm really excited about it. I forgot. Totally forgot about Pers- Persona Q. Oh, yes. A 3DS Persona 3 and 4 mashup. Game. That that's the one that's like Etrian Odyssey. Yes. So I played a little bit of Etrian Odyssey four, and I thought it was fantastic. Cool. Like, kind of way into that. I've played some of the older games that are done in the first person dungeon crawling style. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember what I. This one was done pers- in first person dungeon crawling style. An older Persona game, or something. I don't know. I buy like a bunch of random Atlas games when they're on sale, and don't remember what I'm playing. Um, so i think that's our decision then as far as borderlands is concerned double check do the research make sure it'll be compatible with dualshock 4 i'll buy one of those we buy it for playstation 3 done and done i think i can get behind that done and done. i think I, I think i can get behind that i need to buy all the season pass content straight up front you know this game is going to cost me what at least 40 dollars for a controller 40 dollars for a season pass 
maybe less maybe there's a deal on it and then i'm gonna i'm gonna wait to buy the season pass are you Mm -hmm. one i want to know what comes out with it because they have they are being wishy-washy about like if one if like content pack two is a new character oh hmm. so mm, mm, i will see i appreciate a podcaster that appreciates value jay (laughs) yeah welcome to the circus of values It's Melee O'Clock! Guitar Solo! I'm bored! God damn it! <laughs> Great way to end it. Alright, that's that's that. That's that. That's that. Uh, a little bit of news? A little bit of news! A little bit of news music? Yeah. Burm. There it is. We probably need more music under the show. Remember when we used to just have Borderlands music under the entire show? Yeah. Why do we stop doing that? That's always a good uh, idea. We stopped doing that because it was it get fucked up when we used the levelator. Oh yeah. And yeah. so if there's like a dead silent, then all of a sudden the music would swell in a weird way because I needed to levelate just our audio, like our voice tracks. And then have the other track be separate, but there's no way to do that using Audacity. Maybe uh, in Rock Garage, what the fuck's that thing called for the Mac- Macintosh? Garage Band. Garage Band, yeah. <laughs> Rock Garage. Rock Garage. Yeah. Rock Garage. Garage Garage. All right. Well, speaking of personas. Yep. Perhaps the biggest We're news. Speaking of it. Uh, this past week, they announced that Persona 5 will be coming to the PlayStation 4. That's great. And that means that Persona 5. In a roundabout way, it's coming to the Vita. <laughs> yes, in a roundabout way, through home streaming, is coming to the Vita. So um, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, I'll probably get that. I'm, you know, I'm obviously really excited about it, being a recent Persona convert, and I don't, I don't know what I will have by the time this game comes out next year, in terms of consoles. I'm guessing I will probably own a PlayStation Four, but regardless, I do like the idea that you know someone does not have to keep their PlayStation 3 sitting on their shelf or pull it back out of the box from storage just to play this game. Why not make it available for everything? It seems more difficult to make a uh, new game available for an old console than vice versa. So this is one of those rare occasions where something that's been announced for old is actually going to be on new as well. So Persona 5, they announced released a new trailer. It looks like it takes place in a busy city. Mm -hmm. Um... Loso told me that people are already calling this kid like Japanese Harry Potter. Yep. So there's that. He's trying to like analyzing the themes that are apparent in the trailer. I don't know. As long as there is social Lincoln, I'm going to be a happy man. I don't see like most things, movies, games, whatever. I understand that. It's like, are you going to get Persona 5? Yes. 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 So, so I don't want, so, so you already have enough information that has governed your purchasing decision. Correct. Why would you want to get any more information? Yeah, I agree. Especially as this game comes out in Japan and detail, like actual yep. details come out. I don't want any of it. I want to be surprised. Nope. 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 Going in. Going in tonight. So there's that. Um, and less important purchasing decisions, Amazon bought Twitch TV. Yeah. That's the thing that happened. It is. So last, I believe we actually... That's a big company buying an up-and-up profitable company. Yeah. 
I believe last time we talked about the rumor that Google will be buying Twitch, and we may have just declared that that was a thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out they did not. It did not happen. That's actually kind of the interesting part of the story, right. I guess. Yeah. Why, didn't, why didn't Google buy Twitch more than why did Amazon buy Twitch? Um, Follow the money. Right. Like, there's one thing that's in common between these two companies. They are gigantic data providers. Yep. Right? So Amazon and Google both have the server infrastructure to run something like a Twitch. Um, so, you know, I can understand from that perspective why it would be important for, or why Amazon would have wanted them just be like, well, we could probably run this and we have, you know, we could probably run it more cheaply and then we'll figure out what we can do from there. So it's hard for me to imagine what this Twitch Amazon world looks like in a meaningful way, like to make Twitch meaningfully Amazon. Um, Mm -hmm. But who knows? I mean, um, uh, I definitely heard somebody mention like, you could put Amazon ads for that game. Sure. Like easily on the sidebar. Right. That seems like a pretty smart thing to do. You could probably just do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. They could have just like struck a deal without having to purchase the company. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, that is a lot of money. It is. Yeah. It is a lot of dollar bills. About a, about a billion. They must see like a, a pretty big future for it. I suppose. I would actually think that it was, might be somewhat at critical mass. Yeah. At this point. I, I do wonder, you know, I was ex- extraordinarily skeptical of streaming games online a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I still think that the market for people who are popular to be streaming games online is going to be relatively small. And that the other sure. people, you know, like having Twitch streaming available from your PS4, I imagine that that traffic has dropped off a lot for you know the the average enthusiast person who plays video games like oh why why am i even bothering streaming because no one is watching right um so there's that i don't you know yeah i don't know what what you want to make of it um but you know what i do know what to make of it's these new 3ds i don't know if i know what to make of these 3ds's uh i know that they're stupid <laughs> Um, okay, so there is the new 3DS and the new 3DS XL. Right. And the new feature improvements are the same. Right. But the, there's going to be a big one that's more expensive. Why, so what why have they would, Why would they sell a regular new 3DS? They, they must think that the 3DS, new 3DS XL is too expensive for some people. Then make it less expensive. Like, I just... <laughs> Like you, you created the XL to replace the regular sized thing. It's and it's so crazy much better. Right. Like in an insane way. So why would you resurrect the thing that you replaced it with, and then also offer the replacement to that at the same time? I don't understand that. Um, I do like the the look of these. So I'm looking at the the bluish color of the new 3ds. It's pretty. Yeah. Look, the new the button co- colors are great. The button colors are great. They have Famicom button colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's. That alone is enough to make that an interesting object. And it, but we should talk about the meaningful changes, right? Right. The meaningful changes is uh, number one, it has a effectively a C stick on the right hand side of the mm-hmm. controllers. So a, a tiny little nub, about the same size as one of the like ABXY buttons, mm-hmm. maybe even a little smaller. That yes, will act as a second. I don't know if it's going to be fully a second joystick, but but I think the C button is a good comparison. Right. 
I imagine that this exists so that people can play Smash Brothers mm-hmm. in the way that they're familiar with playing Smash Brothers. Yep. That seems to me why that exists. It's it's like the Circle Pred Pro equivalent. Mm-hmm. They have added additional shoulder buttons. Um, so now there are, I don't know where they're going to put them, but there are two. Because the size of these machines is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, they've added in the NFC field stuff to do Amiibo thingies. Is that is Amiibo not going to be possible on old 3DS? You have to buy like a Dongle. Skylanders thing to plug okay. in. Um, and they've like, I think upped the CPU processing power a little bit Yeah. So um, to bring it closer in line with the Wii. So I think the first and maybe only game they've announced is Xenoblade Chronicles is coming to this new 3DS XL. It's just a little bit like the DSi upgrade mm-hmm. that came last year or last console generation where it was a little bit more powerful. Uh, they didn't, I don't know if they changed the form factor that much, but they basically, uh, introduced that whole DSi store that like they were only... Right. Games only available for that. Well, because the DSi had a camera in it. It was the first. Oh, yes. Yes. The camera. That's what they that, had. That, was, that was the big thing for the DSi. Mm-hmm. Um, so the light did not. And then the DSi was quickly replaced by the 3DS. Right. Um, there are very few games that are only for the DSi. Like yes. the downloadable games. And no, cartri- no cartridge games, I think. I think there are a couple cartridge games. But like no- nothing of, of note. Um, uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah. This, you know. It's time for them to upgrade their hardware. Why not? And oh, those buttons look why, cool. I definitely don't think it's time yet to do this weird incremental change. I think you're going to have a problem where there'll be basically no games for it. I mean, the 3DS has a pretty good install base at this point that took a while to get to. They just put out the 2DS to try to get, you know, lower end people mm-hmm. uh, to, to buy it. I don't know, man. I guess it would make more sense for them to go the Apple route and just upgrade the thing. And this is the only one we're selling now or the, what the Vita did as well. You know, right. here's, this is the Vita. This is the Vita that you can buy at this current moment. It is weird to have um, this other, you know, these other control options that may fragment the market in specific ways. I can't imagine I, a whole lot of games will use those or. I agree. I now I believe it's fully backwards compatible. Correct. With 3DS games. I, does it play DS games? I would assume yes. I I assume so as well. I don't know. Um but yeah, the then the question would be yeah. It what do you do for a game like Smash Brothers if you expect people to use the C stick? Do you just map that to something on the touchscreen? Mhm. Right? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, no. yeah, so there's there's that. Sweet. Speaking of weird hardware things, yeah, don't know. Hey, Bobby, do you, how do you feel about cell phones? I, I actually I like cell phones. I use them. How do you feel? How do you feel about strapping one to your face? <laughs> Excuse me. How do you feel about strapping it to your face? You heard me. Hey, listen, pal, you don't talk to me that way. I'll talk however the fuck I want. You strap this to your face and you look at it. So, Samsung mm-hmm. partnered with Oculus VR, which I think is different than the Oculus. There's like some some distinctions. Like Oculus VR is like real like hardware. To make a Samsung, what they're calling the Gear VR, which is a little head-mounted display, but it uses the Samsung Galaxy Note as the screen. So there's like a slot in the, the thing that you put on your head that you slide the phone into, and it docks, and then it becomes the display in front of your face. Yes, that seems like crazy town. <laughs> That seems like crazy town. 
So I think I was just looking it up. I think that the difference is I think Oculus VR is the company and they make a product called the Oculus Rift. Okay. So they're making another product now. This thing. Does that this like basically cradle that you can snap a phone into right. and then it goes. But it's just the one phone. It's just the one phone. So the obvious problem here is that people get new phones every seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And and the window, especially with an Android phone, the time when that is a logical purchase is about mm, three months. Right. right. Totally. Before that is not the good Android phone to buy. Right. There's always always a better Android phone right around the corner, unlike the so that, Apple product cycle. Right. So, I mean, from... Uh, from a technology perspective, I guess it's nice that they're kind of divorcing it from a computer, mm-hmm. right? So you can just like plug it in and go depending on the price. Like maybe it's a low end way to get into it. And I think it'll depend on the experiences right. or whatever, but so, uh, I don't, I don't know. here, here's the thing I was actually thinking about yesterday. Um, or thinking about this and then an experience I had yesterday, yesterday we went to the museum, the local museum. Mm-hmm. And there was a show, it was about dream cars. And it was a bunch of concept cars over the ages. You know, they brought them in, put them in the gallery space, and then had you know plaques up saying like what, this, what the design was. These are not production cars. They may have worked. Um, and it was the first time I've ever done a walking tour that had an iPod Touch as your audio thing. So we paid the extra to get the audio tour, so headphones. Yeah. And then there was like an that. iPod Touch strapped around your neck. And you could lift it up and you, you, know, you look at the car and you press the picture of the car and then it plays the audio for it and it might change the picture and then they offered videos. And I was thinking about, well, what if we just assume that all of these head-mounted things are supposed to be consumer products that are to play games because, hey, Oculus is working on it. Samsung, well, I could buy Samsung products. Um, what if the target market for this is just not everyday consumer at all what if it is really hey we're gonna you know sell these cheap vr headsets so that we can use them in museums or education or any of these other number of outlets that are not people playing video games hmm yeah because we like to assume that everything all the technology is going to be available for us to purchase that's true but there's not necessarily you know samsung could have a big client in walt disney world or something like that you know Sure. Where everyone goes in, straps it on. Ah, that's actually yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. John Carmack did say that developing VR technology for Android is a bitch. Yeah. So, uh, which is a funny thing. After that was I don't know how long after this press release, but then there was a story about him saying that, which is you know the first thing is like, hey, John Carmack's really excited to work on this new technology. People- People do not have nice things to say about developing for Android, or I guess iOS for that matter. But well, yeah, they are different shitty experiences. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah, they're super, super different. Yeah. Uh, but I would be surprised if we see this as a consumer grade thing, unless it is just like a, a development platform so that you could it's fit neat. other size phones in it. I mean, kind of the one kind of like super positive thing I take away from it is like they are clearly thinking and they are serious about this as an experience that people want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they, which they are, they are super experienced, uh, super serious about wanting this to be an experience that people want to have. 
Right. Right. Like, I right. don't know if the, I don't. They they know think if the they can. They think they can convince people. Correct. That, that they're going to happen. Correct. They're you know. Um, I'm not sold. I'm also not sold. I I look at so there was that game out of packs. I'm sure you saw the like the bomb game, the bomb defusal game. I did not. S- oh yes, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I forget what it is. It's like keep keep talking or everybody dies or something like that. It's called like that. That's the first game I've seen. that sounds like that sounds legitimately fantastic. Yeah. And that's something that sure you could easily replicate that with like a tablet, two tablets or two laptops mm-hmm. or a laptop and a binder or whatever. But, um, the idea that, okay, I'm, wa- I'm wrapped into this screen so that I, I can't cheat and look at the other, like the manual or whatever. Right. makes total sense. This is a game I guess we should explain. This is a game where one person's wearing an Oculus Rift and they have a bomb in front of them. Another player has like a paper binder full of like like that's a bomb defusal manual and they have to talk to each other to defuse the bomb. So one person can see the bomb, one person can see how to do it. But it's like first they have to identify which bomb it is, mm-hmm. and then it's like, all right, which version of it it is. When I saw this, I thought, ah oh, fuck. So everyone has all the same ideas at the exact same time. And it's just right. a matter of who gets it to market first. So in the game uh-huh. studio last uh, semester, we were working on a like infiltration game where one person has the Oculus and they're going into a building and they have to like hack some terminals. And then there's a person with an iPad who is the guide. So, so right. someone made a game that's exactly like that. But one of the, yep. one of the mini games we came up with was a bomb, bomb defusal mini game. Right. Where it's like, wh- tell me what wires you're seeing. Okay. And, uh, you've, uh, to be to be even more reductive, like it's just space team, you know the same that same idea where one person has information and needs to convey it to the other person. Except the chaos of that game is they're doing it at the same time. Right. I mean, there are, there are it's you know it's more like a card game than anything else. But sure, there are low hanging fruit targets for these type of things. And the question yeah. is, do you want to buy a three hundred dollar headset to play the bomb defusal game? Right. Yeah. The connect problem. Yeah. <laughs> that, that problem has been solved yep fuck it fuck, fuck this <laughs> alright that's it that's it for news you know what that means well what does it mean good morning captain oh yeah well good morning to you do you need another mule skinner the list down on your new one so jay magfest is coming up it is um mini magfest magfest 8.5 yeah. next weekend next weekend this weekend now when you oh my this. gosh yeah it is this weekend so and we're gonna be there hanging out just chilling we don't have a whole lot of responsibilities this time around but one of our favorite things to do at magfest it's become a classic you've been the host of it for many years now and that'd be the game show it is and last year for our game show we chose which game um what did we play we, oh we we played figure it out oh we did fuck never mind i'm thinking two years ago <laughs> two years ago what game did we play we played family feud we played pyramid was that two years ago? i think that was two years ago. okay and then three was family yes. Feud. okay so we we played pyramid and i was suddenly inspired for this list to do it uh, in the pyramid finale style. So rather than giving you the topic for this, the list, Jay and I have each chosen five games. Yep. We are going to take turns 
reading one game to the other person. We read that game to them, and then they have to try to guess what the list they filled out. So what is the topic of the, the list that those those games are part yep. of? Um, you have to have an answer for whatever the list is for each round. Um, and we will see if we can get it in five. We may take a couple guesses at the end just to see if we can get close. And if you guess it, then the other person has to reveal their hands. So. That's right. Um, mine is kind of tricky, I think. <laughs> mine, okay, so mine is more obvious. Well, mine is also kind of tricky. So there was one that I thought was really tricky, and I decided not to do that because there was information you had no way of guessing. This right. one, I think you might, you have a chance at least. You could definitely figure this one out. But it won't. So I've also arranged it where it should get easier as it goes on. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you'll get it. If you get it, I don't think you'll get it in the first, like, two. No. All right, let me pull up my my the file of the the lists where I have my things here. Okay, so since this was my challenge, Jay, why don't you give me your first item on your the list? Okay, my first item is Punch Out. Punch Out. Punch Out is a game that is uh, on the consoles or in the arcade. There are different versions of Punch Out. So there's Mike Tyson's and Mr. Dream. But yeah, so let's I should specifically say just to be clear, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Um it's a game that is notoriously hard. So I'm going to say uh these are five games that are extraordinarily hard. Ah, uh, good guess. No. Ah, damn. All right, what's you what do you got? All right. The first game on my the list is Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Yes, Dragon Age. That Bioware okay. classic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a big PC RPG. Uh, it's a fantasy themed. When I think of Dragon Age, the first thing that comes to mind... What about Dragon Age Origins? Origins, yes. Okay. So the first thing that comes to mind is like, uh, this was an old series or old type of game kind of revived. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, five modern reimaginings of old types of games. That is a really great guess. Yeah, we should we should write that down for another list, but it's not the the this the list. Okay, not this the list. We'll remember it though. Okay, um, I'm gonna recap for you every time so you can yes. keep everything in your head. So number one was uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Number two is Katamari Damacy. Ooh, Katamari Damacy. Um, so that is it's a it's a weird game for one. It came out in two thousand three, fall two thousand three. I, I think that's right. Um, game from Japan that we weren't necessarily supposed to, or we didn't expect to get. It was kind of a surprise. There's that, and then there's Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Um. Uh, okay. I'm gonna say. Boy, this is this is having to put the other one with this one becomes <laughs> yep. extremely extremely difficult. That's, that's why they're one and two. All right. Um. Little Mac where 
wears green pants and the little Katamari rolling person has a green head. I'm going to say the best green costumes in video games. I like I like where your head's at, but no, that is not ah. not not it. Sorry. All right, what's your number two? All right, my number two. Um, I've talked about a little bit about this game. It's one uh, a game that's in a, a favorite series of mine. It's a DS game that I own. That'd be Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. So Grand Theft Auto first game Dragon Age Origins, uh, Xbox three sixty PC. Uh, second game, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. How much of Dragon Age Origins have you played? Very Not a whole yeah. lot. Okay, so my first guess when I thought of these would be um, something like five games I expected to enjoy more than I actually did. Because mm. um, I can see why, especially Chinatown Wars, like maybe right. uh, handheld GTA, how's it going to work? And then Dragon Age, you know, maybe. Wasn't, uh, wasn't for me. Sure. It's a, it's um, a good guess. <laughs> all right. Uh, how about this? How about... Uh, I actually think this would be an interesting list that we don't usually do. Uh, five games, five excellent games told from an isometric perspective. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. We we never talk about cameras uh, on our list, but no, five excellent games told from an isometric perspective is not how okay. these two fit together. All right. All right. Well, I'll give you my third one. Uh-huh. All right. <clears throat> so number one was Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Number two is Katamari Damacy. Number three, Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country. Okay, so Donkey Kong Country, uh, Super Nintendo. Donkey Kong Country was made by Rare. Katamari Damacy is not really a rare game, like, you know, in terms of collectability. Um, Donkey Kong Country had a VHS tape to promote it, and Mike Tyson probably was recorded on VHS somewhere. Hmm. I'm sorry. Is that my house or your house? It's my, my house. Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man is here. <laughs> ice Cream Man. Five games with Ice Cream Man in it. You said you wanted more background music, I... so I called up the Ice Cream Man <laughs> and said, please drive down my street. Park in my driveway, please. Although an ice cream truck would get stuck in your driveway. I sure would. My steep, terrible driveway. Right. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Katamari Damacy, and Donkey Kong Country. Um, I cannot remember if you've if you've completed mike tyson's punch out it seems like the type of thing that you would have worked hard to do um so i'm gonna i'm gonna just guess a generic one here which is five games you finished no okay i've not finished mike tyson's punch out i have finished the other uh, actually i don't think i ever finished on country maybe i don't know okay i definitely finished mm-hmm. anyway that's not it good guess uh, all right so my first game was dragon age my yep. second game was grand theft auto chinatown wars my next game is Connect Disneyland Adventures. Hmm. How much of Chinatown Wars did you play? Um. Not not a ton. Are, I'll say that. Are these, 
Are these fair questions? I like. Yeah. I almost want to think. Okay. Not a ton of Transcendental Wars. Looking at this list, obviously these are three very different games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with games you you kind of liked and wish you had spent a lot more time with. Games you would like to spend more time with. That is, I mean, that's very true. I would agree that both or all three of these things are things that I wish I spent more time with. Unfortunately, that is not my The List. Okay. All right. Number four. All right, so we got number one, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Number two, Katamari Damacy. Number three, Donkey Kong Country. Number four, Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby's Dreamland. So, Kirby's Dreamland is which one? Game Boy Advance? It's the very first no, Kirby's Dreamland's but, very first game. Game Boy. Oh, okay. Um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Kirby's Dreamland. Okay, so. One thing that all of these games have in common is that they all have sequels. There's Super Punch-Out, Katamari Damacy, or We Love Katamari, Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, I don't remember what the others, Kirby games. There's a, there's a Kirby's Dream Land 2, yeah. there's Kirby's Dream Land 3, Kirby's Adventure. I'm going to say um, games where the second game in the series is better than the first Ooh. not not a bad guess i would certainly agree with i know well, you're donkey kong country 2 fan right love donkey yeah. country 2 Dun- kirby's dream man 2 is better wheel of katamari is not as good as Correct. katamari Damacy. super punch out punch awesome. out super punch out is awesome and technically mike tyson's punch out is the second game right it could it be is it a sequel to the arcade punch out no my order backwards uh i don't know that's a good question i don't know the answer to that I can see that being a reasonable guess, I guess is kind of what I'm saying, though. Okay. But it, unfortunately, it's not correct. All right. All right, then. So. I want your number four. I'm ready. This is really hard. Okay. Dragon Age or- mm-hmm. Origins. Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. Connects Disneyland Adventures. And Dance Dance Revolution Max 2. Dance, Dance, Revolution Max 2. All right. What? What was that online service you were using to, like, get points and trade them in and stuff? Oh, Guzax. 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 I'm going to say these are these games are so random (laughs) and you must own them. If it's like DDR max two, these are games you have all gotten for a real fat deal on Guzex. No, it is not. Damn it. In fact, uh, I'm not, did not receive any of these games through Guzex. Why do you, when I was doing that? Okay. Well, my last game to recap, Uh we have Mike, Mike Tyson's punch out Katamari Damacy. Donkey Kong Country, Kirby's Dreamland, and the fifth and final game in my list is Super Mario Brothers. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. 
Katamari, Super Mario Brothers. For the Nintendo Entertainment System? For the Nintendo Entertainment System. Nintendo Entertainment System. Um... All right. Am I allowed? Should we? Should we have like now that all five are out there? Maybe like a, a mm-hmm. question and answer period. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about okay. it. Okay. Um, Kamari Damasi. So, uh, this question is: We'll do. We'll do like yes or no questions. Okay. Some some number of yes or no questions. How about that? Okay. How many should we do? Five. Uh, sure. Five. Five is kind of seems like listy. Five. The right number. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I should probably talk in the microphone. Are these games all related because of something, some some of the some relationship of the content inside of the game? Is, are they themed uh, because of the e- content in the game? I'll say yes. Okay. That that definitely directs it. Um. Donkey Kong Country, Katamari Damacy, Kirby's Dream Land, Super Mario Brothers, and Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Well, let's see, Mario's in two of those. Um, Cranky Kong is cool. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. She rode a bicycle. Um, you know, they're not all extraordinarily hard. In fact, some of them are not hard. They are Kirby's Dreamland. I don't know. So, okay. Here's a, here's my here's one of my guess. Well, I guess it's should I guess or should I question? I, we didn't either really, way. We didn't really thought. Okay. Is this list at all related to facial hair? <laughs> no, it is not. Because because Cranky Kong has a big old beard. Uh-huh. Katamari, uh huh. King All Cosmos has a great mustache. So does you know the Mario that is in Super Mario Brothers and the Mario who is the referee in Punch Out. No. Okay, that's two questions down. The third question is. Um. Are these all? Are these all games that you played when they originally came out? Uh, yeah, yeah, close enough. Close enough, okay. You know, um, like I did not have an NES in '85, right? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But there would not be something that you went back to. They wouldn't be like late life revivals. No. No, I, I I played all these when they were those were the current consoles to play them mm-hmm. on. Donkey Kong Country, Kirby, Streamland. Uh, okay, here's just are these your favorite video game theme songs from these games? Oh no, that no, they're not. But that's great. They all have great music. They do have great music. Okay, I guess I got one one more. Is that it? Sure. Sure. Um, do you want to give me a hint? Um. Okay. I'll, I'll say this. Uh-huh. 
Uh, you, you haven't really gotten close, Damn. but your facial hair idea was the closest. Facial hair idea was the... It, is, it doesn't have anything to do with facial hair. It doesn't have anything to do with facial but, hair. But the way you were thinking, that's the you got the closest that way. So that is your clue. Okay. I was thinking I got the closest that way. Um, could could be something that has to do with with other other body appendages or accessories. The Mario Brothers have have hats. Damn, like some of these would fit. Like I was gonna say something like getting a power up it changes your clothes. But that's not true. Um, nope. Katamari Damasi. Uh, these are all games. Yep, they are all games. <laughs> all... You got it. All games. Where the coolest character is not the character that you play as. <laughs> Time out. Hmm. Oh, maybe. Mar- I mean, Mario might be the coolest character in Mario Brothers. But again, I like that. I like that idea. Okay, that was that a- was it. All right, so my theme was uh, five games that have bad kings in them. Uh, so, King Hippo. You got King Hippo, King of, King all, of Cos- all Cosmos, King K. Rule, King Day Day, and King Koopa. Damn, oh, that's really good. <laughs> they all have bad kings. They all have bad kings. The king's gone awry. Man, fucking phenomenal. Well done. There, there you go. If you were a listener and you got that, you need to tweet at us at Low Square Podcast. Yep. Hey, I figured it out. Yep. That's that's a lot harder when I think about that's it. That's really cool. I like it though. Yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah. I kept trying to go in a different direction. I like the You were you were on the right track when you were trying to find like characters that were mm-hmm. similar between the games. I was like, Yep, yep. You even said King of All Cosmos I was like start there. Start, that's a good place to start. King K rule. King Hippo. King Hippo. King Hippo. Alright. So to repeat, here were mine. Oh wait, oh, oh so I need bad. to give you my fifth one. So Yeah, you need to give me the fifth one. Alright, yep. here are the four. Dragon Age Origins, yep. Grand Theft Auto, Chinatown Wars, Connect Disneyland Adventures, DDR Max 2, and Time Crisis 2. So these last, those last two are arcadey. The third one you played over here. Does, um... This is something like games that you've primarily played not in your own residence. Um, I would agree that that is a theme that is between a lot of them, uh-huh. but that is that is not the exact the list. Okay, but you are you're on the right track here. I, I am okay. okay. All right. Dragon Age Origins really throws it off because. Uh, maybe Chinatown Wars did too. No, yeah. So the la- Dragon Age Origins probably does throw it off the most. I will tell you that much. The last three are definitely like what are those? So just looking at those three, they have a lot in common. They're arcadey games. Mm-hmm. Um, they are are best explored with or played with a lot of other people. They're all kind of like lighthearted. I mean, DDR I guess can get difficult, but it's a it's a silly game. 
in the same way that Disneyland and Time Crisis are silly, big, broad games. That's why I asked about the, like, on-the-go type of thing, because Grand Theft Auto is not an arcade game. It's, like, the farthest from it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Age, man. Like, is it something about the... I don't think it has anything to do with the characters in the game, because what characters are in, like, Time Crisis? Right. Um, like I said, you're, you're uh, certainly on the right path. Now, you, okay. you may have to remember... So you have to remember conversations that we've had in the past, certainly for some of these. Okay, this is good. So I'm learning that this is about your, unlike mine, this is about your experiences with the game. It's not necessarily things that the content of the game has in common. Mm-hmm. That's why he asked that question. Yeah, I don't remember very well. I mean, I remember you liking Chinatown Wars, but I don't specifically remember your play experiences. So I don't know. I don't know the other ones. So. Time Crisis 2, you had for a while. I remember playing that in college. Disneyland, you brought here. You may have played at other places mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but you don't have a Connect, right? I don't have a Connect. Right, so exactly. So uh, even if that was the only place, it must have been somewhere else. I guess somebody could have brought a Connect over. DDR Max 2. Okay, so Max 2 is PS2, the second one. It's not all that great. And. You would have got it in college. Are these all games that you played in Virginia? No. Ah, oh, damn it. That is, that is not it. Uh. Although, again, you're dancing around it, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling at least better about this because okay. I think you're, you're getting close. I haven't really been doing the question. Do you want to give me a hint? Um, sure. I'll take my one hint. Uh, your one hint is... Hold on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to put the, the Dragon Age one in better context, maybe. Um... Oh man, this is this is hard. I'm trying. I obviously whatever clue I give you, you is is away. not going to help, but also I'm afraid of giving it away if I if I do it in this way. Okay. So maybe I don't need a maybe I don't need a clue if I'm already on kind of the right. Yeah, path yeah. Here, ask me ask me a, another couple questions. Should I should I maybe start with these last ones that you've mentioned? Yeah. Are they, uh, so th- so going down the list, they kind of fit stronger as the list goes. Probably on. yes. I okay. It's hard because I think Chinatown Wars is the one that that throws it all off. I, mm. Because that is more of a uh, when I say right. the list, you go oh okay, but it's not the it. one that jumps out. They're, let's see. They're all for different platforms. Um, they all okay. Now wait a minute. They all have kind of funky control schemes. Uh, maybe not Dragon Age really. Makes you click and stuff. What about that? What about games with odd control schemes? Uh, you are d- damn close. Oh shit! Damn, oh. damn close. Oh. oh. Okay, so. 
Then Dragon Age is hard. So Time Christ, you got a gun. DDR, you got your feet. Disneyland, it's your arms and your body. Chinatown Wars, you got a pen. Dragon Age, though, is mouse and keyboard. If you remember, I, or, I tried playing Dragon Age at the beginning of the summer. Well, I played it. I was playing on 360. Right. I tried playing it at the beginning of the summer, but I never, never played it. I don't remember strong enough. Maybe the difficulty. The difficulty get in the way of these games. I mean, I literally never played Dragon Age Origins. Right. You had never, but then you started and you played a little bit of it. No, you've never played it. Oh, are these your games that you own but are unable to play? Correct! (laughs) Why can't you play Chinatown Wars? Uh, So Chinatown Wars is the game that makes me really sick sick to my stomach when I play. (laughs) That's why that was hard. Okay. Ah, I see. You're right. I don't own DDR pads. You don't own I somehow lost my gun con for Time Crisis. I don't know where it went. Okay. Uh, Don't have a connection. Dragon Age disc was scratched. So I will put it in, got a read error, and I do not own a Kinect. These are all video games that I cannot play, (laughs) but I own. That's good. That's good. All right. Other other ones on here were going to be Mario Paint, because I don't know where my uh, Super Nintendo mouse is. Ooh. I wonder if I I know where mine is. I don't know. And Dig Dug for the Atari 7800. I can't play that. There you go. Hey, you got it. Pretty good list. You got it. Pretty good list. Right. Uh, it took a lot. I feel like the, that the, that knowing that you had never played Dragon Age. Yeah, that was hard because I probably like mentioned it offhand in an email to you that the disc was scratched and I wasn't able to play it. But maybe it's also a lot. My memory also sucks so bad. Yeah. That's it. All That's right. fun. I like <laughs> this. <laughs> Those are fun lists. You gotta let us people out there in the world. You need to let us know if you enjoyed the segment or not. Uh, especially yeah. tell us. I would. I would do that again. That's fine. I would, I would do it again too. Maybe we can. Maybe we can do that at Magfest. I'm thinking. I'm trying uh-huh. to think of games that we can play while we're at Magfest. I know Password didn't go over well last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was but if hard. people are feeling it, it'd be fun to do some sort of games, be it trivia or something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next time we podcast, it will be from Magfest 8.5, being held in Alexandria, Virginia, mm-hmm. at the old Mark Hilton, where Magfest six through nine. Cor- were held? Correct. Yeah, you should come out. If you're in the D.C. area, we'll be there. We're not doing much besides loafing around and playing a lot of video yep. games. It's going to be super fun and probably card games and mm-hmm. hanging out. I will bring Xbox 360 controllers so we can play Windjammers. Yes! Oh, that's great. Dun, dun, dun. I'm I'm almost certainly bringing a PS4. I want to find a fourth controller. I'm very interested to know what the game room scale will be like in comparison do you know if they have the same... It's got to be smaller if it's in the same space uh, as it was at 9 or whatever. Yes, I mean, it, it will be significantly smaller. I just wonder yeah. what we will be losing as a result of that smallness. Mm-hmm. But it should be fun. Um, yep. It should be chill. So if you want to, you can write to us with five items that are all related and a couple clues, and we could guess the ortho lists on the next show. Yes. That sounds good. Um, that's at lowscorepodcast at gmail.com. And there's also a uh-huh. website, lowscorepodcast.blogspot.com. We have that other thing, too. What's the one on the internet that everyone uses? You're talking about the Twitters? That's the one. You can uh, tweet us things on uh, keyboards and uh, mobile phones. Uh, we're at Low Score Podcast. Uh, and if you enjoyed us, say, 
uh, hey, at Low Score Podcast, my favorite video game king that I'm unable to cosplay as is blank. <laughs>